Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. There's nothing left for us to do Find the strength to see this through We are the ones who will never be broken With our final breath We'll fight to the death We are soldiers, we are soldiers Logic, Political Talk, part of the Growing Conservative Conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. Thank you very much for coming to the show tonight. We are going to be talking about the last debate before the end of the year, or what's called the Christmas dinner debate, whereas uh, we'll be talking about this over the dinner table with our families for the upcoming election, which one of the candidates uh, that we favor and why, what they've uh, said in the debates and also uh, out during their campaigns. Uh, So we'll be discussing that. I do have some audio from last night's debate, uh, so we'll be listening to that as well. And if you'd like to join us tonight, uh, just give us a call at 347 Nine four five seven four two eight, and what we'll do is uh, let you into the show. And one of the things that's different here about Bard's Logic, other than other talk shows you may have listened to or called into, is that once you call into the show, and if you like to remain, 
you're welcome to stay and be a part of our roundtable discussion uh, for the show for the night. Uh, unlike where you go to other talk shows and uh, you get your five, maybe ten minutes in, and then they uh, say, well, thanks for coming with us to the rest of the show. Have a good night. Uh, we don't do that here at Bard's Logic. Once you call in and you like to stay in the show, you're more than welcome. And, and I do my best to bring things back around. And I do want to uh, welcome uh, the folks in chat, namely Nelda and Tom, and uh, those others who are in there. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, just give us a call at 347-945-7428. And Nelda, uh, I hope uh, after the show you're feeling a little bit uh, better. I see in the chat you are feeling a little down tonight, so let's hope uh, we can improve that. And uh, she states how she's worked hard uh, with the politicians and people trying to stop, uh, it looks like, S1318 and the refugee funding. And we'll uh, talk more about that. There is plenty of time. This is a three-hour show, and I do see that we've uh, got some folks in the line. Uh, one is our dear friend, Christine, and Christine will get you on uh, soon. And so, as I said, we got some audio, so we'll get some uh, comments from the, our panelists, as well as you in the audience. If you'd like to chime in as well, as well as we will uh, listen to these audios and do our analysis of the debate. Uh, but first, let's go ahead and welcome Christine uh, for coming to the show. Uh, how are you tonight, Christine? I knew you've been calling me a few times, and more than a few, and I haven't been able to get back. It's just been kind of crazy. Well, so I'm how are you tonight? I'm not well. Oh, no. How can I be well when I'm sitting here watching the Republican leadership join the Democrats in writing off Every white person in America under 35 years old, they have ridden you out of America, and you can't see it. In the last 15 years, the only people they have helped are immigrants. Everything that they say in the press is negative about the European people who came here, whose parents' money and expertise built everything in the world, along with the black inventors. Now those people are being ridden out. And you can believe me, I had a fest with them today. I got some information that they're sending. The Republicans are sending for thousands of more unskilled workers from below that border. And we got thousands of people on the streets right now. And the thing that's getting me upset is the doggone European people sitting up here ain't saying nothing. And I done told everybody in D.C., all the young kids that I speak to on a daily basis who answer those phones, what the heck is wrong with you people? You young Republicans and you young Democrats, you sitting up there watching them old people in Congress write you out of America, and you're not having any kind of march. They got enough young Republicans and Democrats in D.C. to get together and start a whole new movement against their bosses. But they're sitting there watching this happen. And I hear people say they're conservative. You can't be conservative without knowing what conservative is. And everything that's conservative is in the Constitution. I am just, just almost completely fed up with the United States and what 
the Republicans and everybody else is doing to the people who built this nation. And the final thing I'm going to say to you guys is this. One of the things I've learned since the last time I talked to you is Congress is not even a player. Congress is a third player. Number one, write it down, Amendment 14, Section 3, that gives the president under that clause Nothing that he does when he first come there is supposed to be all writ off. If it's not in that Constitution, he's not supposed to take now one step further. Everything that's not in there, he's supposed to nullify it immediately. Number two is the governors and the legislators and the people. When Congress people go from your district, District 93 in Alabama, whatever it is, the only thing that they're allowed to do in that Constitution is for that district. If they don't do it, you're supposed to use Article 1, Section 6 and arrest them. Until we do this, right now, my group, we're writing a letter to all of the governors and letting them know it's six clauses in the Constitution where they can take the Congress back right this instant. All we got to do is pray they can read. But most of this stuff is elementary school stuff, and so they probably are not going to be able to read it because it's from the 50s. But even so, I don't care what it's from, it's still elementary school, and I'm sick and tired of watching these white people sit up and let let these people do this stuff. You need to be on the street rioting. They out here drugging up all the white people in the Midwest, and all y'all doing is sitting around here running your mouth. Ain't nobody up there on that day is worth voting for except Donald Trump. The rest of them ain't studying you. And so that's why I have not been calling nobody. I've been on this phone and deep into my studies, and I'm glad that I found out that the governors are really the second power. It is not that the Congress actually had, they don't even have any power except what they stole. 50 years ago, that they don't they don't even own nothing, and you guys refuse to learn the truth. And this is what gets me mad, because the only thing that's going to save you is you don't have to get up and tell the truth and start kicking somebody's butt, and there's nothing else going to save you, nothing else. And that's why I've been upset, and I haven't been calling nobody. And I hope I know I'm not mad at anybody. It's just that I don't like to see a race of people sit there and let somebody do this stuff to you, and you act like you ain't got no immune system, and they're walking across. I'd rather fight and die just like that man said in that song. I'd rather fight. This is a good day to die when somebody come and try to take everything I own from me and my family. I'm not mad at you guys. I just had to say it, okay? Well, I appreciate it, uh, Christine. Of course, we will uh, get you back on, and I do see uh, yeah, other folks in the show. I see you, Thank you very much. Thank you so much You're for welcome. letting me say that. Because I love my white <laughs> people. I don't care what y'all say. Do you know where I get my money from once a month? The rest of my life. It comes from the Europeans. They taught me how to help build a nuclear power plant. I'll never be poor. And I don't like seeing this kind of stuff going on here. And y'all act like y'all scared to say something to them. You have to start beating somebody in hand. Well, we'll definitely like uh, be <laughs> all right, Christine. Well, we appreciate it. Uh, definitely stay on the line. I do want to hear more from you. And yeah, I do I'll, see. I'll, um, but thank you for letting uh, me get that one up. <laughs> wow. I had right. to get that one off. So, uh, we're well, well, good. I hope that it feels uh, better. And also, uh, here in the chat, uh, we've got uh, Tom and Nelda, and uh, uh, Tom uh, points that uh, he feels your pain. Uh, and then now it is, I've been in between heartbreaking, heartbroken, uh, crying and screaming. 
Uh, and then you know uh, Tom also brings out just somebody behind too. Look, I've been watching all the old movies. I listen to New Gangers again. New Gangers sent me two or three messages. Get up and start beating somebody behind. Remember a uh, Valley Forge, and the other day he said we're going to kick in some doors. It's time for the American to get up and start kicking in some damn doors. How kind of think that they're going to do this stuff? Keep bringing all these doggone people here from below that border, and they got all these people standing on the street corner. So it's time for it's time for the white people to do a million damn white man march. Damn it. That's, I, that's the way I feel about it. It's time for y'all to get up and start feeding somebody's ass. So you sitting down here, and they just running over you. They think you're a bunch of suckers. And you're not a bunch of suckers. The Europeans, do you know who the bravest fighters in this world was? It was the Europeans, the English, the German, the Austrians. The, you get your behind what going over time. I mean, you, you, and the Vikings and the Norsemen, you can get your butt kicked now. And now here, the descendants of the Europeans over here, letting it, they bring a baby to the border. God, oh, the Mexican brought a baby on the border. Ah, tell Obama to send some money. The pagans come to the border and, and boom. And the white man run. What kind of mess is this? This is foolishness. Y'all need to get up and start fighting. I am not playing. If you don't, they've already written you off the book. When you heard somebody say anything about you guys, nothing. The way they send it for these brown, the people, they call themselves the brown people. They don't even want to be white or black. That's who they're sending for. And they got the nerve to be on the Internet talking about they the brown people. And Congress bringing some more to wipe out their own race of people. They need strangling. Y'all need to get up the same way they make me and that. Y'all, would y'all please start acting white, on it. Start acting white because they don't care nothing about y'all. They don't care. What about your little children? My friend Kelly, his little boy. What's going to happen to them? Because they kind of don't care nothing about you. I'm telling you that right now. They don't care yeah, nothing and about definitely, you. And Christine, definitely will, you know, I, I know you spent a lot of time uh, talking with the, the folks in Congress, and it uh, looks like here uh, in the chat oh, that's a note uh, talked with uh, Governor Nathan Deal uh, yesterday. And I do see that we also have in the call, we have, it uh, looks like Cindy. We also have Susan, so we'll get uh, the ladies in when they're ready. So let's go ahead and. Um, of course, I do. Even though I play audio clips, uh, just a reminder: I do keep the mics open. So if there's going to be any background noise or anything, uh, just mute the phones or microphones you're on while I'm playing the audios. And, uh, and Susan, we will get uh, you in. But first, uh, I want to go ahead and start playing some of the audios. We have. Uh, um, oh, I see someone here on Facebook is messaging me, and I'll, I'll have to message them back uh, a little bit while they're doing. Uh, we're listening to, uh, to the audios. And what I'm going to do here is, uh, you know, as you know, they all start off with opening statements. Now, I've, I've only got opening statements to about three of them, you know, that I thought, at least for me, was, was worth even uh, putting on the show. And so what we'll do first is, uh, and it may not be in the order of the debate, uh, first what we'll do is uh, I'm going to put uh, Fiorina's. Uh, opening on and what she's got to say. And remember, folks, uh, if you aren't lined, it's just me and you, Christine, with our lines open. Uh, if there's going to be any background noise, let's uh, mute our mics or whatever so that we, we don't get this so we can hear the uh, the audio. But this is the opening statement by uh, Carlos Fiorina. Like all of you, I'm angry. I'm angry at what's happening to our nation. Citizens, it's time to take our country back. Bombast and insults won't take it back. 
Political rhetoric that promises a lot and delivers little won't take it back. All of our problems can be solved. All of our wounds can be healed by a tested leader who is willing to fight for the character of our nation. I have been tested. I had beaten breast cancer. I had buried a child. I started as a secretary. I fought my way to the top of corporate America while being called every B word in the book. I fought my way into this election and onto this debate stage while all the political insiders and the pundits told me it couldn't be done. I've been told no all my life, and all my life I've refused to accept no as an answer. Citizens, it is time to take our country back from the political class, from the media, from the liberal elite. It can be done. It must be done. Join me, and we will get it done. And we're going to get some comments from you, uh, Susan. I'll be opening up your mic shortly. Uh, I just want to bring this in from Nelda. And Nelda, uh, I just want to let us know that uh, she's been a rallying at the overpasses uh, regularly for over three years. And uh, I'm thinking perhaps, uh, Nelda, that you are part of the uh, overpasses for America, which uh, we used to have uh, on uh, the show a lot. Uh, we also had uh, – the founder who was one of our panelists here. Uh, and so you can listen to our archives or our podcasts uh, and see James Neighbors, who was uh, the founder of Overpasses for America, uh, was uh, one of our panelists for a time here on the show uh, until things get more uh, busy for him, both personally and with Overpasses. Uh, so uh, let's talk to him, tell him uh, Robert wishes him well, and I uh, hope to hear him back on the show again. Uh, and also you can check um, – out on Facebook and mentioned that the camp out of capital steps in Atlanta and uh, just get the dialogue with her state and federal uh, politicians. And so let's go ahead and bring in, okay, we've got Kelly on the line too. So folks just push the one on your number dial uh, when you like to get in. So let's go ahead and bring Susan back in and then uh, we'll go ahead and get some more clips in. Uh, we've got plenty of uh, content for this evening as well last time at least for right now uh we do know how fast these shows can go so let's go ahead and get uh susan in thank you very much susan for calling to the show how are you tonight i'm exhausted tired i have an early day tomorrow so i probably won't stay for the last hour um by the way you know what yesterday was Uh, so I, someone mentioned it, and I'm trying to remember, and I, I, to be honest, I, I can't remember what it was. Happy birthday to the Bill of Rights. Oh, Kelly, I'm sure Kelly would have said something. He, he even goes, happy making your car today, but go ahead, Susan. Anyway, I, on yesterday's debate, I was appalled and astounded that nobody, whether it was the narrators or the people answering the questions, made one mention of the Bill of Rights. I posted it in my group. There was a couple others that did. And um, I was, I got an email from one congressman, and I will give him credit for that. I will give Daryl Issa, or Issa, credit for that, that he sent a happy birthday thing to me about the Bill of Rights and explained what it was. There was a whole list of what the Bill of Rights was. 
And so I called and thanked him for that. I said, we don't always agree on some things, but I do appreciate that out of most of the congressmen and a lot of them send me emails, no one mentioned it, not one person. And I'm astounded and ashamed of our Congress and everybody running for president that they do not mention that. It really irritated me. Because to me, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the Declaration of Independence are the three documents I stand with. Not a party, not even this country, so to speak, because we have problems in this country, but I stand with those three documents. So to not know that was just appalling. So that's my comment on it. I think somebody should have mentioned it. Well, Susan, if you want to hear more about the Constitution, I've uh, spoke with the national chairman, or not the national, I should say, the state chairman of Idaho uh, for the Constitution Party. And we interviewed them a lot during in 2012, and it looks like we're going to be, they're having a primary uh, debate in February that I'm, I'm hoping to have some part in. We'll either be piping in the show live from Idaho or we will be, I'll actually be there as one of the moderators, uh, one of the questionnaires uh, that's uh, part of the conversation. We'll see. Uh, you know, it still hasn't been panned out yet who's going to be the moderators of that debate, but uh, I may be one of them, which would be very exciting, uh, but I don't know that yes, yet. I would. But I do know, but I do know that we already have gotten agreements from the three presidential candidates uh, in the Constitutional Party's primary that will be interviewing on this show. Uh, in January, uh, we may even have one next week, uh, but you know because of the holiday and maybe waiting to after the first of the year, uh, so that'll be something exciting to uh, see. And then also, just want to make a note, uh, Joe uh, Weberg or Weberg, if I mispronounce your name, Joe, I apologize. Uh, wrote writes on Facebook because we are going to talking about conservatism tonight, and you know she states uh, just as important as knowing what conservatives are, it is important to know what neoliberalism is. And she puts that neoliberalism is a cross between communism and socialism, heavy regulation on everything, a welfare capitalist economy, and kind of sounds like what we've got. Uh, but anyway, I digress from that. And a globalist, globalist president that, imperi- uh, that imperials the globe. There are also hints of national socialism, in parentheses Hitler, and fascism, Mussolini, in the sense of war constantly against other people and terrorism is used in order to suppress our rights. Now, uh, that brings me to some of the things Ben Carson said, and we'll hear more about that. Uh, One of the things he mentioned, and I'll probably go ahead and play his opening uh, because of that, um, and... We will hear, because this is one of the openings that I've picked, that, that kind of touches on uh, what she says. So let me get uh, the audio prepared for thing? that. Sure, go ahead. Uh, the New American, which is the John Burke Society magazine, had uh, Bernie Sanders on the cover. And I had gotten an email from one of the conservative groups that I get emails from, and they said, well, Rubio is a socialist. Well, of course, I would agree with that. But they, I believe Bush is. I believe most of the people, they said, in fact, because of the Federal Reserve and Social Security and everything else has been brought in 
both parties have supported these things in different degrees and manners and ways. So most of them, except I believe Rand Paul, are some type of socialist. And what the John Birch Society made pretty much concurred with that. They said, it's just that Bernie's more open and honest about it than the others. He doesn't try to hide it, which I respect him for because he doesn't uh, get there on the bush. I don't even think he understands that Hillary is, or he just ignores it. But Hillary's a socialist, too. So is McCain. And she's a statist. This is certainly, I'm, I'm actually more concerned about Hillary Clinton than I than I was with Obama because she even wants to take what he's done and uh, expound on it. And uh, and as Tomlin puts it, and here we are, uh, where we go from here is up to us, and and that is true. So let's go ahead, and I do see some other folks on the line. We're going to get them in. And so if you'd like to uh, join us here on the show, be a part of our roundtable discussion, just give us a call at three four seven. Nine four five seven four two eight, and we'll get you into the show. And for those new here, uh, if you'd like to follow the show here uh, on the Blog Talk Radio page uh, of the show, I know folks are listening uh, not just online. I have many folks who listen from their cell phones and things of that nature, uh, and also uh, you know podcast uh, links, things of that nature. Uh, put the little follow button uh, that you see there on Blog Talk Radio. And what you'll do is get periodic emails from the show letting you know uh, that a new show's uh, come on or let you know of a past show that we've uh, just previously done, things of that nature. Uh, so go ahead and hit that follow button and follow the show. And, of course, you can also like the uh, Bard's Logic Political Talk page on Facebook. I uh, just got to go into the search engine and just put Bard's Logic Political Talk, and there you go. And you can also listen to all of our archives uh, from the show when it started back in 2012. And so, as I said, uh, folks, uh, I am going to leave the mics open. Uh, so uh, if we can make sure we can get the background noise and things like that to a minimum so we can hear the uh, the audio, uh, even if we have to, you know, mics or something. And then after I play the audio, I will be getting uh, Cindy into the show. And so let's go ahead and listen to Ben Carson's opening statements at the debate. Dr. Carson, thank you, Wolf. Please join me for a moment of silence and remembrance of the San Bernardino victims. Thank you. You know, our country since its inception has been at war every 15 or 20 years, but the war that we are fighting now against radical Islamic jihadists is one that we must win. Our very existence is dependent upon that. You know, as a pediatric neurosurgeon, I frequently faced life and death situations and had to come up with the right diagnosis, the right plan, and execute that plan frequently with other colleagues. Right now, the United States of America is the patient and the patient is in critical condition and will not be cured by political correctness and will not be cured by timidity. And I am asking the Congress, which represents the people, to declare war on ISIS so that we can begin the process of excising that cancer and begin the healing process and bring peace, prosperity, and safety back to America. 
but he makes up a, a great point uh, that we have it's just, you know that war pretty much since the beginning of our country. Uh, you know, gosh, think of all the resources, think of all the accomplishments uh, that not just the United States but in the world uh, could be. And, and I'm not, you know, trying to be, you know, like you know, pie in the sky or thing of that nature or utopian, but just to make the point is just think uh, how far advanced we could be if we didn't have to spend all of our money and resources, time and intelligence on, you know, protecting ourselves from people killing us. And so anyway, so I want to go ahead and open up the mic there for Cindy. Uh, Cindy, so if you can uh, uh, tell us some more comments. Uh, it looks like Christine dropped the lineup, so she uh, calls back in. I'll probably text her and, and see if she's got more uh, that she'd like to say, but I'd like to bring everybody in and then bring things around. Uh, to our roundtable discussion. And if you'd like to chime into the show, uh, whether you want to talk about uh, the debate or other things that are relevant uh, to the debate or what's going on with the selection, give us a call at 347-945-7428. Push the one on the number dial, and uh, we'll get you into the show. But first, let's go ahead and open up the mic to Cindy. Uh, uh, Cindy, if you could comment on what we just heard from uh, Carlos Arena or Carson. Uh, with what we've got so far and your own thoughts. Go ahead, Cindy. Uh, how are you? I'm doing great, Robert. Um, a lot better than last week anyway. I don't know how long my voice will hold out tonight. but Yeah, you um, sound yeah, uh, like, like your voice is still a little bit, but go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sketchy. But anyway, uh, I wish um, Christine had stayed on because I really wanted to talk to her about some of the stuff from the debates. <clears throat> but for right now, I just want to talk about Fiorini and Carson, since you just played them, um, I was very disappointed with Fiorini this time. Uh, she held her own in these debates on the other in the previous debates. Uh, this time, she spent her whole debate time, every practically every mic time she had, she had to spend her time scolding Trump or for being bombastic and calling her B names and. And then uh, the other candidates. I mean, what a waste of time. Um, she had a lot better things to talk about, and I'm really sorry that she had to go and attack Trump. I didn't like her in the first place, and my opinion has not changed for her. But I thought at least she was holding her own in the debates. Um, Carson, uh, um, our enemies have always thought that we were weak. And that's the reason they've attacked us. Um, when you look at um, the Revolutionary War, uh, America looked weak. And so England thought, we don't even need to send all of our troops over there. You know, they had this troops spread out all over the world. Thought they could just uh, get away with sending a, a bare minimum troops over there and taking us out. Well, um, we didn't. Well, then they tried to come again, War of 1812, and they found out again that we weren't quite as weak as they thought we were. Um, <clears throat> and then you go right down the line, anybody that's ever attacked us, they attacked us because we either looked meek and mild, not wanting to go to war, not wanting to get involved, um, or just, you know, we were just downright patsies and, and they came and attacked us. Um, people get the feeling that, that from time to time, People get the feeling that Americans are just um, softies. 
and maybe, just maybe, we've gotten there now. They may have found their first viable opportunity to take America down because we've done nothing but soften up our children in our public school system to the point where they are um, sissies, sissified. Um, I got to feel good. You got to tell me how good I am. You got to tell me how wonderful I am. Uh, if you tell me I'm bad, I'm going to turn into a crazed killer and I'm going to start killing people. Um, you know, and, and people know that our morals have gone out the window. When a country's morals have gone out the window, they no longer have the stamina. They don't have the tenacity for, for a war. They don't have the, well, the, the very strength for a war. Um, it, it's gotten to where it's a good thing that we have all this technological genius working for us in our military because, you know what, we wouldn't be winning from by the power of our, our men anymore. Um, uh, we, we got a few good men is what we got. We got your SEALs and we got your Green Berets and we got your others that are special special ops type people and, and you've got some highly trained people that now know how to work these uh, high-tech gadgets that we're, you know, bombing people with. <clears throat> and that's all well and good um, that we have a lot of intelligent men there. Um, but it's a good thing we don't have to use our strength because our men have become a nation of powder puffs. Um, they're office, they're office <laughs> junkies. Really? Well, they're office junkies. They're pencil pushers. Um, they, you know, they, they just, they're lazy. Um, well, it's not a matter of being lazy. They're just, they've gone a different direction. They're using my, their minds now more than their bodies. And they've gotten to know their feminine side. Okay, and so mm-hmm. in their heart, there's no heart of a warrior in the in the in the heart of the men in this country anymore. Um, they're uh, they can't take stress. They can't take uh, they they couldn't take a sergeant at boot camp. They couldn't take it. Um, their their minds have just been such. Uh, I don't know. I don't even want to go there anymore. I'm, I'm so tired of seeing what our, what's happening to our children. But anyway, as far as um, uh, as far as Trump is concerned, yeah, he's mad and he's bombastic about it. We're all bombastic and we're all mad about what's going on in our government. So yeah, we're going to start raising our voices and we're going to start using maybe some harsh language and we're going to stop worrying about political correctness from now on. When there's a mm-hmm. when there's a problem that we're facing, the size of the problem we're facing right now, we cannot afford political correctness to get in our way to solving our problems. And let me tell you this: what Christine had said, and this is what I wanted to talk about with Christine. What I was very upset about was, and also Susan. So Susan, I I appreciate. I'm sorry. It was it was you, Susan, who brought up the issue about the birthday of the Bill of Rights, and nobody said a word about it. And I want to just tell you uh, what, it's, what makes me mad is that CNN directs all their questions away from issues like that. If the candidates don't bring it in on their own, CNN will not bring it up. 
and that's one reason you know it I, didn't get brought up. They And you know what I find interesting, and I'm just going to make a brief comment because uh, I was thinking about this today, is that, you know, one of the things I do find interesting, and, and maybe we'll touch more on this, is that there's been, through my understanding, five presidential debates, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. well, the GOP, I mean, I think the Democrats only had maybe two. I think we covered one. Um, and then three of those five you, were CNN. Yeah. One was well, MSNBC, one was Fox, and three were CNN. Well, I'm not sure whether it would have been any better on Fox than CNN, uh, maybe slightly, because Fox would at least have made the establishment candidates look halfway decent. Um <laughs> But to tell you the truth, um, I think that the candidates themselves should choose the moderators. And um, they should be able to choose a moderator that is going to um, uh, bring up what they want to be brought up and what is on their agenda. And, uh, you know, yeah, the, the station that's holding it ought to put a moderator on there. But I don't think that they ought to be the, the only voices on that panel. Um, but we have a really good path to protect the Bill of Rights uh, and keep Muslim extremism in check. And Donald Trump is on the verge, he's right on the edge of getting that. And and the, and the, the path is an immediate moratorium on Muslim and Mexican immigration. If you build the wall, you close the ports, you close the airports, all of a sudden, you're going to have a much easier way of finding those people and, and stopping the trouble that they're trying to stop. And then our Bill of Rights gets protected because nobody has needs to, nobody needs to be um, snooping around into your telephone conversations and all. That's why all this stuff has been allowed to come into our country the reason Barack Obama it's, it's the reason the Bushes it's the reason that the um the uh all the whole establishment people that have been running the Congress um you know McConnell and Boehner and now Ryan mm-hmm. jumped right back on the same bandwagon that Boehner oh, was in. Oh yeah. They're they're yeah, all Boehner 2.0. They're all that was happen. facilitating it. They're all facilitating the coming in, the influx they're, 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 they've given him the money to go ahead and and do his immigration uh, plan. Everything he wants, they're giving him. They're bringing it in. And the reason is because now they can start snooping around into our phone conversations and not get in trouble for it. And that's why Donald Trump is right on with his closing the borders thing because that is going to stop the amount of people that you have coming back and forth, training, coming back, training, coming back. And then you don't have to to be monitoring those people because they got no way to get their money. They got no, because that's how it's coming over here. You know, they got no way to get their weapons. They got no, you close everything up and you don't allow that stuff to come in here and then you got a lot easier way. I mean, we still got a long road to hoe. I'm not saying this thing's over just because you closed the ports. You got a lot of work to do even after you close the borders. But it's a lot easier to deal with what we have now than what we're going to have in another two years 
of this kind of junk coming in our borders. And that's all I had to say so far. <laughs> and, we'll get, and we have Kelly in the line, but first I am going to go ahead and uh, play our next audio. And since you brought it up, um, this audio is, gonna, is about uh, Trump's recent comments on the blocking of Muslims into our country. Last debated, Americans have witnessed terror attacks in Paris and San Bernardino. The FBI director says the country now faces the greatest terror threat since 9-11. You all have different approaches to keeping the country safe, and that will be the focus of tonight's debate. Mr. Trump, as you mentioned in your opening statement, part of your strategy is to focus in on America's borders. To keep the country safe, you say you want to temporarily ban non-American Muslims from coming to the United States, ban refugees fleeing ISIS from coming here, deport 11 million people, and wall off America's southern border. Is the best way to make America great again to isolate it from much of the rest of the world? We are not talking about isolation. We're talking about security. We're not talking about religion. We're talking about security. Our country is out of control. People are pouring across the southern border. I will build a wall. It'll be a great wall. People will not come in unless they come in legally. Drugs will not pour through that wall. As far as other people, like in the migration, where they're going, tens of thousands of people having cell phones with ISIS flags on them, I don't think so, Wolf. They're not coming to this country. And if I'm president, and if Obama has brought some to this country, they are leaving. They're going. They're gone. Hugh Hewitt, you have a question. Senator Cruz, you've said you disagree with Mr. Trump's policy. Uh, I don't want a cage match. You've tweeted you don't want a cage match. But Republican <laughs> primary voters deserve to know. With the kind of specificity and responsiveness you delivered in your nine Supreme Court arguments, how you disagree with Mr. Trump. Will you spell that out with us? Well, listen, Hugh, everyone understands why Donald has suggested what he has. We're looking at a president who's engaged in this doublespeak, where he doesn't call radical Islamic terrorism by its name. Indeed, he gives a speech after the San Bernardino attack, where his approach is to try to go after the constitutional rights of law-abiding citizens rather than to keep us safe. And even worse, President Obama and Hillary Clinton are proposing bringing tens of thousands of Syrian refugees to this country when the head of the FBI has told Congress they cannot vet those refugees. I understand why Donald made that proposal. I introduced legislation in the Senate that I believe is more narrowly focused at the actual threat, which is radical Islamic terrorism. And what my legislation would do is suspend all refugees for three years from countries where ISIS or Al-Qaeda control substantial territory. So, so you're saying you disagree because he's too broad and you're having a narrow and more focus. Why do you disagree with him? Well, you know, I'm reminded of what uh, FDR's grandfather said. Uh, he said, all horse thieves are Democrats, but not all Democrats are horse thieves. <laughs> In this instance, there are millions of peaceful Muslims across the world in countries like India where there is not the problems we are seeing in, in nations that are controlled, have territory controlled by Al-Qaeda or ISIS, and we should direct at the problem, focus on the problem, and defeat radical Islamic terrorism. It's not a war on a faith. 
It's a war on a political and theocratic ideology that seeks to murder us. Charlie Fiorina. Okay, first um, we're going to bring Kelly in a moment. Uh, but first, uh, looks like here in the chat, uh, Nelda invited a William Weaver to uh, come and listen to the show. So, William, if you are out there, uh, if you're in the chat, uh, just log in and they'll let you see in the chat. You can also uh, participate in uh, the chat portion of the show, or you can call us. Of course, anyone like to chime in, call us at 347-945-7428. We'd be happy to uh, have you and hear you. And I just put in the chat the two links uh, to uh, some articles I've got uh, here. One is about uh, Obama to fly illegals from Honduras straight to the U.S. so they can avoid dangerous journey. And that is um, on the Federalist Papers Project website. And then there's also on what's called IntelliHub.com, the article, Refugees Being Snuck into United States on UPS Flights. Uh, So that's something uh, I've got an article we'll be uh, looking at later uh, because that will be part of our discussion. But first, uh, to take any comments on anything we've uh, discussed so far, Let's go ahead and bring our good friend Kelly in. Thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Good. We got snow in the mountains tonight. Hey, uh, happy Bill of Rights Day, uh, 1791, when the nine states ratified. Actually, it was 10 in 1791. Now, to those who don't want the Bill of Rights promoted, I would offer them offer to them the Bill of Rights Day. Yes, with an F. Bill of Rights, because if you're a socialist, you just can't have these pesky amendments. I mean, the right to assemble, freedom of the press, due process, right to own guns, that's a big one. You know, the security in your house, except the warrant. You know, trial by jury, Stalin got rid of that. Within 20, million, within 20 years, over 20 million people were dead. You just can't have this. So to them who love socialism, I would offer to them today, Happy Bill of Frights. Anyway, um, let's see here. Ted Cruz, he didn't attack Trump. You notice that? He didn't attack Trump. No, I, mean, I was he actually, was baited to. No, I agree. I'm, I'm starting to think that perhaps things might start coalescing uh, where you're starting to see, and I know it's really early, folks, uh, where you're starting to see uh, the possible uh, Republican ticket. Uh whether you know yeah or nay people like that idea, that I'm wondering if they're positioning themselves uh for that. I mean currently they are number one and two and uh you know I don't I don't know if that's gonna change. We'll just see what happens uh when the uh Iowa caucuses on New Hampshire comes in. But uh, go ahead, Kelly. Yeah. Um Ted Cruz is quite a fluent. I found out a couple of good things about him. Um he's been in front of the US Supreme Court I think over eight times arguing cases in uh, uh, Bond versus United States, which was a huge states' rights case. He wrote an amicus curiae that helped um, sway the judges, if you will. Um, so he's got some four real stuff there. It's just uh, Minor versus Happerset. I'm not sure if he's eligible to be president if, um, you know, from that case law, people were looking at that with Obama and birth certificate. But if he... Um, you know, Hillary wins the Democrat nomination. 
they will and use she will. that like crazy. <laughs> yeah, they will use that like crazy, Ted Cruz, to try to disqualify him. So that's an interesting uh, scenario, and I hope somebody's looked at it and got it figured out so it doesn't happen. But I, I really like Cruz. Um, that's not my favorite. I've been leaning a lot towards Trump, though, because of Roger Stone. Do you know who Roger Stone is? Have you ever heard of Roger Stone? Uh, yeah, it sounds familiar. He was I'm not, I'm a, not quite grasping it. Yeah, well, age 28, he could walk into the White House and say hello to Reagan and, and whatever. He was really good at campaign manager, um, being a campaign manager. I met him personally at the 2012 Libertarian National Convention. And uh, he is obviously libertarian freedom. He uh, was on Alex Jones' show explaining that Donald Trump is the real thing. It's taken him, Roger Stone, years to get um, Donald Trump to run. And he's spoon-feeding him with certain things about the powers of being, yada, yada. Um, but Trump is basically the real thing, and he's his own man, so that's really encouraging. Yeah, I mean, some people, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, no matter what gets uh, he says, really, uh, what gets thrown at him, I mean, he just seems to keep increasing, increasing. I've got, you know, my own personal reservations about Trump. Uh, now, he did actually address that last night in some of the commentary after the uh, debate. And one of my concerns, I don't know if it's totally a big but one of my concerns was that when he hit Hillary Clinton as you know as hard as she's going to need to be hit. Now he, uh, you know, he stated that you know he would actually in some commentary, uh, you know, afterward after the debate. So I, I was glad to hear that. He says first he's going to concentrate on the primary, and then after that is when he'll really start hitting uh, Hillary. And so, but uh, do you see uh, that we have? It looks like. Cindy, this will make you happy. We have Christine back on the line. So what we're going to do here is I'm going to bring Christine in a moment. And then while she's uh, speaking with you, uh, Cindy, I'm going to get ready and queue up one of our next audio. And for anyone else out there who'd like to chime in, give us a call at 347-945-7428. And if you're new to the show, uh, just let you know once you call in and if you'd like to stay on the line, uh, you are welcome to stay with us throughout the entire show and become a part of our roundtable discussion. Uh, we always like to hear folks and their opinions here, even if you don't agree with us. Uh, even if you're of the liberal sort, uh, we do welcome uh, your thoughts as well. Uh, we may not agree with them, uh, but, of course, uh, here on Bard's Logic, uh, you're welcome to it because this is the your show, the people's show. Uh, it's basically more so than left, right, uh, Republican, Democrat. It is uh, a lot about, you know, us with the government. Uh, it's kind of the we, the people. And so also uh, one of the things, if, if you like what you hear on the show, we'd like to hear from you. And also to share the link uh, of tonight's show with your friends. And one way to do that is to take the link that you use to get to the show and send it to the emails. I know everyone out here has their own email list uh, that they email other friends and uh your family, folks uh, that they know. Uh, so send them the link so that they can listen to the podcast as well. And if they like uh, what they hear, of course, we would welcome to have them listen and to call in. Uh, so while you're at it, while we're uh, listening to Christine next, 
And our next audio, just take the links from tonight and send it out uh, to the folks on your email list. Uh, that'd be appreciated. And then uh, thank you to listen to, and hopefully uh, come to the show as well. We'd be great to, to have them here with us. And so let's go ahead and bring it back to you, opening up the mic. And I do see, I believe, Ed uh, would like to uh, chime in. And so, Ed, we will get you into the show. And so uh, and other callers, uh, if you push the one on your number dial, uh, we'll get you in as well. But first, let's go ahead and bring Christine back in, and then we'll listen to the audio, and then we'll bring things back around uh, to Susan. After that, audio, the audio clip I'm going to queue up, and then we're going to bring Ed in, and then uh, we'll uh, get things uh, going from there. But first, let's go ahead and bring Christine back in. It's great that you called back. Uh, I know Cindy would have had some things she wants to uh, go over with you. But good, Christine. The reason I signed off is because of what Carson was saying. You know, Congress has been pulling this trick on America for 50 years. The real war that we have in this country is Congress. Congress is a national security threat, not no jihadists and no Muslims and nobody else. The power to fix this nation correctly is to stop Congress. And if you don't want to stop Congress, if you don't know how, all this other stuff is not going to save America and nobody else who is an American. It appears that they're actually working for the foreigners. They no longer represent Americans, and I can't see someone standing there running for president making these kind of statements the same way with Farina, what she said. She really didn't say anything. I need to hear somebody get up there and stand there and say, look, where is our real problem? It's with Congress. End of that story. Everything they do is wrong. There's nothing that they do is in the Constitution. They're not allowed to do any of the things they're doing. If they would stop what they're doing, Obama couldn't do near the mess he's doing. Congress, this year, when they came into session, they were supposed to go back to being the naturalized committee that they shut down over 50 years ago. At that point, they were supposed to get the Homeland Security to shut down all of these privateer citizenship office where foreigners are selling our citizenship for two ninety nine and up. They were supposed to return immigration power back to the states so the states can start collecting on that $1,000 a year. The things that the federal court are telling you that the states do not have anything in the Constitution that allows them to keep out of their territory is a lie. It's Amendment 14. It's called due process. It says each state shall give to anybody due process. If you are not a citizen, you can't use Article 4, Section 2 and go to state to state. You've got to do a background check in any state that you want to be in. That's where our real problem lies. Then after Congress sends the immigration back to the states, they're supposed to stop sending them one and dying all the money that they've been sending to foreigners supposed to come back to America. They say they're not going to give you a damn dime back, and they're going to flood this country with the brown people. And you sitting up there talking about a jihadist is your problem. And these people setting up all these sanctuary cities in strategic spots. 
Look at the spots they're sitting up the sanctuary cities in, and they bring in men, strong men who are ready to take us out. Pass was pass was nothing. The way they got this mess taken out, they could hit a hundred cities tomorrow. And somebody sent me talking about a jihadist. And the real problem is right there in Washington D.C. Until you see these crooks, like when I first started listening to you guys' show, I didn't really understand what you were talking about. So I got up and I spent five thousand dollars, and I went to D.C. and I walked the halls and I talked and I walked. Then I looked at my constitution, and I looked at what they were doing. I said, now, that's the problem. That's, those are the warriors against America. They're sitting in Washington, D.C., nowhere else, and they make up all these other little wars. So while you over there looking at the jihadists and all that, they over here killing us. And so this is why I turned the dog radio off. I can't see why people in America, am I so doggone brilliant why am I so brilliant that I can say, if y'all is dumber than me, then maybe you don't need a country because I'm not a brilliant person. I just was looking at what's going on, and I wonder what the heck's wrong with you people. You sitting here letting Congress do this stuff to you. And, and that's why I've been getting extremely agitated with, with the people of America sitting up here watching Congress just and taking over. They're taking everything from the Americans, especially the white people. And I just simply don't like it, and I'm sick and tired of white people being all mealy now and not telling Congress off and not just go up there and throw their butts out of there because you can actually do that. Do people want to listen to me and see what the clause are? No, and I've noticed when they call these radio shows, they know everything about every old jazz party, but they don't know nothing about the Constitution. They can tell you about the naturalists and the socialists and the, the, the Marxists. Well, what about the Constitution? Don't you know that? That, that all that stuff y'all talk ain't going to save you. The only thing going to save you is if you don't know it's two or three hundred words in that Constitution, that's all it takes to save you. But the main thing it takes, you've got to have a leader to stand up there when this election over on January 20th and take a damn executive order pen and say nothing else is being done in this United States that's not in that Constitution. If it ain't in there, don't do it. If you do, I'm sending militia. Just like Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15, restart all these damn militias and start kicking some damn behind. That's the only thing going to save America. The rest of the talking nothing but a bunch of BS, and that's why I don't even listen to nobody anymore because this is too doggone simple. If I can do it, it couldn't be that hard. That's what hey, I Christine. do. That's what I'm... Christine, let me ask you yep. this. You're, you're absolutely right, and and too many of us were, were brought up in the school system that totally – ignored the Constitution, they didn't t- teach us anything. We barely, re- we we got like the first five of the, uh, maybe the first four or five of the Bill of Rights, and that's all we got, the first the first four amendments, first five amendments, some of us. Um, now, the, 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 the benefit I see to having a president like Trump with his big mouth, which I absolutely love, is that, can't he be in a position to to use the bully pulpit of his time in front of the camera <clears throat> and get Americans and influence them to to take these laws into their own hands, like you said? I mean, can you imagine if Trump stood up there and said, "Look here, 
My fellow Americans, I cannot do this by myself. I have to have a constitutional Congress, and it's your responsibility to get it that way. If you send the congressman up here and he votes for this and that and the other, and and you know that that's unconstitutional, then you need to come when he, the minute he steps one foot back in your district to come over there and, and maybe he wants to, um, maybe he wants to campaign or maybe he wants to have a, a um, you know, a meeting of some sort, um, a community meeting, you, you arrest him the minute he stands there. Now, don't you think that Trump could say something First like that all, and inform the, the people? Because I don't think most people know. The president mm-hmm. doesn't need You better read him in the 14th. president don't need nobody. No president is allowed to reside over anything that's not in that Constitution. On the very first day he's elected or she, they're supposed to say that is it. If it's not in the Constitution, it is hereby nullified by this signature, and nobody else can do it. And insofar as Congress goes, Congress is only the third player. The second player is the governors and the states. See, that's the thing you've got to understand. Congress can't do a damn thing unless you, unless they ask the state, can they do that? They just been, they took over doing it the way they're doing it with the, the 1965 Immigration Act that started this mess, but we have not had a constitutional Congress in 50 years, and you don't have a Congress now. That is not your Congress. That Congress belongs to the foreigners. Can't you people, don't that's you another mean, thing, y'all act like y'all can't see. Congress don't belong we, to you. They write the their people own on this laws. Show, the people on the show okay, do know. We, but listen, Christine, all, all, what I'm saying is, because we got a little bit of time and a whole lot to teach people, don't you it's think that, that Trump, when he, hold on, whoa, 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 whoa. let's Trump, not talk over each other, folks. <laughs> don't you think that Trump, when he's sitting in front of the television, um, don't you think he has the ability to teach the public the rights that they have that they have been giving up? See, they don't even well, know. Well, the first like, way, the like best way think. to do that is on January the twentieth. Just say you ain't, we can't do it no more. That's all he. It's all it takes. He don't really need. He don't need. But he's no got to get elected. You what I'm saying listen, is, honey, you need to listen, honey. The, the uh, see, y'all will know the Constitution, and I do. The president don't need Congress. Congress, the president cannot preside over anything that's not in the Constitution. So if Congress writes like the law that's not there, well, you need to listen because you okay. don't know. If Congress no, I know that, but what I'm saying is... Wait, you need to listen a well, minute. Well, if Congress writes a law that's not in the Constitution, the president is supposed to nullify it immediately. It's supposed I know, but to be nullified, but they don't do that because they ain't seen the Constitution in 70 years, so they haven't seen it. The president is all-powerful. <laughs> Article 1, Section 6, that is for if your congressman leave way from your district and he go to working for some for Syria <laughs> and all that mess, you use Article 1, Section 6 because if he does that, then he's committed treason against your district. That's for the no, what governors. I'm saying is, you need though, to listen. You need okay, to listen. Okay, let's this go ahead. And, for the governors. Okay. Wait a minute. I'm Christine. trying to straighten you out now. She won't let me straighten you out. Okay. Congress has no power. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Congress doesn't really have any power. They take but you it. have to get. They have you have to get our president no in there, though. Until people we have, learn that Congress has no power. The power belongs okay, to you. 
Not Christine, Congress. wait. You can drag. Listen, you can drag your congressman. Okay, Christine, let her, get, let her get some. Okay. Wait, wait Christine, what are, you're not. You're not getting what I'm trying to say because I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you on that. What I'm trying to say is before Donald Trump can get into office and do those things, we have to get him there. And the general population doesn't know why we should get him there and that this is the reason. Well, and so he we needs to use right his time in front of the, the camera. To, you don't to, want to you use time in front of the camera to let the people there. know. Wait, wait, Christine. What? Wait, 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 wait. Christine, it's Christine. What okay, I'm saying talking. is, let's get it out, and then, and then I want okay. to get Ed in. We'll, I want to get his take. So let's go ahead and right. uh, finish up. I want to get Ed in, and then we got some more audio. I want to play. Go ahead. What I'm saying is that before he can get in there and and do these. Uh, you know, doing the vetoing and, and all the things that he can do to fix this country. you got to get him into office. And the only way you're going to get him into office is to let the people know why he is the best candidate to go into office, because he's the only one with the backbone, and he's the only one that's not beholden to the establishment, and he's got the money to back up what he says, and so that makes him the perfect candidate to get him in there, and then we can trust him to make those those changes. I don't care if you put Bush in there, you you put Rubio in there, you put um, just about any of those guys in there. As soon as they get in there, they're going to think that they're beholden to the Congress or they've got to do this way and that way um, or the people back home won't, uh, won't reelect them. Okay, so what you have to do is you have to make – you have to make the people understand that wishy-washy politicians who are beholden to other people and their donors are not going to be able to do, they won't have the stamina, they won't have the, the, the integrity, they won't have the honesty to do the vetoes when it ta- comes time to veto. When that, when that congressional bill, that, that unconstitutional bill comes before his desk, almost all of those Almost all of those candidates that are running right now are going to sign it anyway because they're beholden. Their donors are going to come knocking at their door and say, you you got to sign that bill. Okay, Trump doesn't have to do that. And if he gets in front of the people and he says to them, this is why I'm the best candidate, because when you when you send me to be the president and those that Congress sends me a a full of crap bill like the one they just passed, and I veto it, you need to know that there's a reason why I'm vetoing it, and I am not going to listen to I don't have any donors to listen to. I don't have any um, any uh, backroom deals going on because of this deal. And, and if you if you get – but first you have to get them in there. And if he doesn't explain to the people what their rights are that they are giving away, if you don't tell the people, do you know what right you're giving away? You're giving the you're giving the right away to your pocketbook to, to taxation without representation. You got all these government agencies passing uh, not passing laws, but uh, writing regulations and restrictions, and they're writing their own tax law. They're taxing you through this way and that way and this back door and that back door, and that's taxation without representation. And he needs to be saying that from that bully pulpit in front of all those people. And and he better start doing it soon 
because the, well, the establishment know, like, like I, like I is trying well, no, real hard. Well, no, hold on, Christine. Let her finish, and then i got to bring some other stuff in. Because okay. the establishment is trying real hard to put their guy in there instead of Trump. So do you well, understand you know, what I'm saying? Okay, okay yeah, let's stop. I, I, okay, I get, hold on, ladies. Hold on. Oh, okay, so, yeah, and unfortunately, I've got to move this thing along. we got a ton of stuff to cover, um, and hopefully we'll be get back to this because I want to get, you know, some, some more folks, bring things back around. Uh, in, in this, Nelda puts it, this is something we are going to talk about later. Uh, it says, American citizens who put them in office, we talk about the politicians, any politician who votes to fund refugees, and you talk about this a, a lot, uh, Christine, I know, uh, refugee settlement programs, illegal aliens, and their offspring, undocumented migrant programs, and any non-citizen with any funds or services have not listed. And this is from NALDA. It says to the American people, uh, American citizens' families, and American citizen veterans are homeless and jobless while being treated as a third-class citizen in our own country. Our politicians should put American citizens first. Okay, and so what we're going to do here is, uh, as I said, we got plenty to, uh, to cover, uh, and I do want to get uh, Ed on. I do want to bring things back to Susan. We've got uh, some more audio. And with your, uh, your quotes you have in there now, what your thoughts there, uh, we will be bringing up some audio clips uh, about, uh, of course, immigration and the refugees and what the candidates said about that. Uh, so we'll go ahead and get that. And, and let's try to – and one of the things, folks uh, – you know, to the callers, as, you know, uh, to remind folks is one of the things that I, I don't like about what, you know, some of the talking heads and some of the other shows is how they talk over each other. And so I, I know we get passionate, definitely very passionate time of uh, the election season, uh, but let's still try to not talk over each other because uh, it's, it's hard to hear uh, people when we do that. And also, you know, when, when other people are listening in, it's just, you know, the, the cacophony of sound, uh, two people, you know, trying to talk at the same time and talk over each other. Um, it, it's, it's just not, I know people don't like to, to hear that. So, well, okay. And then it looks like we uh, lost Christine. Maybe she'll call back in. Um, I know she's fired up, but, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to keep things, uh, you know, where you know, people are infringing on other people uh, talking. And so let's go ahead and, you know, as I said, I want to bring, uh, Ed in, and then I want to play the audio, and then uh, we'll bring it back to Susan. And, and Kelly, were you looking to, 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 to make a comment? Yeah, I want to make this real short. You know, um, one of the reasons why we're losing our country is that we can't unify with other people. And I've had to bite my tongue so many times just to listen. When I listen, I earn a hearing, and as passionate as some people can be, um, I see communication as a way to gently bring somebody to where I'm at. Um, if they don't agree, they don't agree, but it's extremely important for unity that we learn how to better ebb and flow in our conversations. Certainly, I appreciate that. And speaking of this conversation, let's go ahead and bring Ed into our conversation. We're going to play an audio, then swing some things back around. And, folks, we do want to hear from other people as well. So if you'd like to chime in, give us a call at 347-945-7428. And welcome uh, to the show, Ed. Ed, how are you tonight? All right. Uh, first thing I'd like to say, we all know D.C. is a cesspool. It is a 
unconstitutional cesspool. So I, I agree a lot with what Christine says. I, what we need to focus on is saying it would be great if we can vote all the congressmen out and all the senators are up for election out. I love to see Paul Ryan voted out of his office, his newly appointed thing. I'd love to see Congress, you know, voted out because these people are unconstitutional. They don't care about the Constitution. They care about the agenda for Agenda 21 and the U.N. more than anything else. So that would be great if we can do that. You know, it probably isn't going to happen. So that's why I always say there's the ultimate thing comes back to the people's nullification. You know, we need 50 states deciding, not one D.C. ruling. And we need to understand nullification that Jefferson and Madison gave us. And states' rights nullification is working very well. And we need to keep pushing at that. Because I don't think we're going to solve our problem in D.C. It's too much of a cesspool. We're going to elect the same old idiots, and the same old idiots are going to get in there. And you might say, well, Trump might do something different. Well, he's not out there saying, I want states' rights. I want decentralization of power. They're all about centralization of power, all about me. And, you know, and that's what the problem is. There's too much centralization of power, and that's where the fight in America has always been about. It's a Jefferson and Madison wanted decentralization of power. They wanted the power to be at the state and local level. And, you know, you don't hear any of these candidates actually coming out and say, states' rights first. It's most important that the states have the rights and that the, the federal government is limited. We need to limit the federal government. We need to shut down most of their agencies. There might be a couple he hauling around it, and, you know, and that's fine. You know, I mean, we're going to get a president one way or the other, but that doesn't mean that the issue is going to stop. It's still going to go on. Most of the people in Congress are corrupted. Most of them are unconstitutional, anti-constitutional people. We need more constitutional people in D.C. I just don't know if we can get it because, you know, most of the people aren't educated enough to understand what the Constitution even is. You know, and, and that's why we're getting sold down this road of unconstitutional laws. And, and, you know, we need to get back, and, and that's why states are taking it in their own hands, and they're nullifying all these bad laws that are getting thrown at them. And that's what we need, need to uh, focus on is nullification in the, uh, the Kentucky and Virginia resolutions that uh, Madison and Jefferson proposed. So Susan, let's go ahead and get some comments from you. I'm going to do a little, a little backwards what I said because I'm going to be, be able to bring you back in, and I'm going to play uh, an audio uh, from the debate. We can uh, further our discussion on that. And, uh, you know, there's just there's just a ton to, to cover tonight, so, you know, I don't mean to cut anybody short, uh, but that's just, you know, I want to make sure we get it all in tonight because um, we're almost actually, you know, in 15 minutes we'll be through half the show already, if you could believe that. And there's still uh, plenty more to cover. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring it back uh, to you, Susan. Thank you. All right. Um, Congress, I just I got an email, and I posted the group because it, to me it was this like this report and then the bill they're trying to with the trillion dollars and all that's trying to ask two thousand pages they're supposed to be reading before they vote on it. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. You can't do that. You cannot. You know, Rand Paul said over and over, you need time. That they don't get to read them. They like jamming this stuff through. 
pass it and then you'll know if it works, you know, type thing. Now, the other thing that I heard in the uh, debates was about Assad, Bashar al-Assad. Um, and Rand Paul seemed to be the only one that did not want to rush in to attack him because he, even though he's a bad guy, uh, he was better than, you know, what they could replace him with. And uh, I just did an article, a blog article, on Bashar al-Assad, president of Syria. And let me tell you, this casting of people, even, even Rand doesn't seem to know that. He did not do this. That is a lie. That is a lie. There are, um, ISIS, first of all, was started by us. Um, Carla Del Ponte, who was a UN commissioner on Syria, has concluded the rebels and not President Assad were responsible for the gassing. On June 16, 2013, the United Nations panel reported to demonstrate that rebel groups, not Al Assad regime, was responsible for the use of chemical weapons in general, Syrian gas in particular. They received chemical weapons via the Saudi intelligence chief, Prince Bandar bin Sultan. No surprise there, because I have said over and over, the Saudis are not our friends. They're liars. They're snakes in the grass. And um, the other thing was... That the, and real the quick, uh, real, real, hold on a second, real quick. Yes, there, uh, just, there was just some background noise, and I, I think I isolated it. Uh, so if you're out there and I had to mute the mic, we will get you back in. I just heard some background noise. I want to uh, limit it, sound like some kind of static or something of that nature. Uh, so I just want to let the folks know that you know I, I had to isolate that by muting the mic, but we that don't mean you're gonna your mic's gonna be muted for the rest of the night. Uh, it's only gonna be until we got you back, get you back in because there's uh, with some background noise. Go ahead, uh, Susan. Oh, okay. Well, um, apparently the rebels also did not even know how to work those weapons. They weren't chained properly, so um, when you discharge things or, or work things like that and you don't know how to do it, you're also going to um, uh, cause problems, which uh, apparently they did. Um, and Romney criticized Obama for not cracking down on Bashar al-Assad. Anything to get a vote, huh? Um, Hillary uh, proclaimed he was really a great guy, but now she wants to dump him and attack him. It's funny how both parties want to interfere. And I have a picture of Carrie and Assad and their wives at dinner in Old Damascus. I put that right on the blog thing. Uh, Nobody is standing up to him. I stand with Assad. I'm sorry. If that makes me anti-American, oh, well. You know, um, he's not the bad guy. He's not the bad guy. Um, it seems it's dangerous to piss off the United States when you're friends with them. It doesn't matter if you did nothing wrong. Uh, they just want you to do something in their way and want you to jump or else they'll betray that friendship. And uh, no one stood up for him. I think Rand Paul was the only one that really did. Uh, and Assad uh, has stood for the Christians. He has stood for women. And uh, in 2014, John McCain was on a rampage when the Christians came over from Syria to report what was happening to him and wondering why the Western area over here hadn't, hadn't uh, talked about it. 
they were being murdered and targeted. And they ran into Senator McCain. He stormed out of a closed-door meeting. He was rude to them. Lindsey Graham even apologized to them for, for this. Now, here they are defending Assad. What, what is wrong? What is missing from this picture that everybody wants to attack Assad when he's, he's actually a pretty decent guy? Very well educated. And they're going to uh, be very sorry. That, and they'll wish they had him back in power. I mean, this is just like with the Shah, you know, kick him out and get, get worse in. And even Ryan Paul sees that, but he apparently seems to be the only one. It's like war, war, war. We must have war. Knock out anybody who uh, who doesn't do exactly what we want and how they how they want it. So that was what I saw was missing from the debate. That that no one stood up for him. So let me go ahead and. Okay, let me go ahead and since we mentioned uh, a couple times both in the chat. As well, and we're kind of jumping around uh, of the debate, um, you know, but that's okay, you know, as long as we get the, the information out. Um, we mentioned a couple of times about uh, immigration and the refugees. Uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, I'll play the audios uh, from that. But first, I've got a, another uh, message here from Jo uh, Weber, and she says, a nation, a nation whose citizens have never experienced tyranny, consequently are not able to understand the symptoms of and recognize the face of tyranny. So, consequently, are incapable of appreciating the true value and meaning of freedom and liberty, such as a nation is doomed to be deceived and ultimately enslaved by tyrants. Uh, So that's uh, definitely interesting there, Joan. I appreciate uh, you sending that to me on Facebook. Well, let's go ahead and play the audio I've got here uh, about the uh, refugees, and uh, we'll go from there. And then uh, what we do, let's see, we'll bring uh, Kelly back in, and then we'll bring it to you, Cindy, and then uh, we can bring in uh, Ed, and I believe we've got Christine back in the line. Uh, but for anyone else who'd like to chime in, uh, we are about halfway through the show, and for those who are new to the show, just to let you know that the show does go on uh, for another hour uh, well, actually an hour and a half, but an hour after the live portion of the show. And so what happens is at the stroke of midnight Eastern time, which is in about a half an hour, uh, your audio will be unfortunately cut off from the live portion. However, the show will be continuing into what we call the extended period or sometimes lovingly called Bard's Logic After Dark. And so if you'd like to listen to that portion of the show or, of course, to chime in as well, give us a call at 347-945-7428 if you'd like to be a part of that. But, of course, if you cannot, for whatever reason, of course, you're welcome to listen to the podcast and the archive of the show later on. And, of course, as I mentioned earlier, if you're just coming into the show and you like what you're hearing, and I know everyone out there pretty much has an email address, an email list, uh, send it to your friends. Let them uh, hear the show, and uh, we would like to hear from them as well. Uh, one of the things we also do, uh, now we're focusing now on the election, but one of the things we also like to do is to take uh, concerns and topics from uh, our listeners and have them bring the ideas uh, for the show, and then we can have uh, your idea on the show, and uh, you can uh, talk about what you'd like to uh, hear on Bard's Logic. 
And so uh, just give us a call within the next half hour at 347-945-7428 uh, if you'd like to uh, be a part of the show or listen to the, uh, the extended period. And so let's go ahead and listen to what the audios are. Remember, folks, uh, we do keep the lines open. So if you're going to have any background noise, please um, just mute the mics. Uh, but actually, because we're halfway through, let's go ahead and hear from one other place first before I play the audio from the debate. And that is from the Patriot Journalist Network, uh, where that is the Twitter group that I definitely recommend folks checking out. But let's first hear from the Patriot Journalist Network. You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team, grassroots, conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at patriotjournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle. And definitely, folks, check out the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com and uh, check out and join uh, the Twitter team. It's uh, a great place to be. And so let's go ahead and I will play the audio clip uh, from the debate uh, which discussed the refugees. Thank you very much. And Dr. Carson, you recently visited a refugee camp in Jordan and you deemed it, in your words, really quite nice, saying the people there didn't want to come to the United States. Do you think these camps are a long-term solution to the problem of Syrian refugees? Well, it was very interesting having the opportunity to talk to the Syrians themselves, and I asked them, what do you want? What is your supreme desire? Their supreme desire was to be settled back in their own country. I said, what can Americans and other countries do? They said, support the efforts of those who are trying to provide safety for us, including the Jordanians. Of course, they had a brand new hospital, for instance, that was unstaffed because there wasn't enough money to do it. But here's what's really neat. If you go into Hasaka province in northeastern Syria, that's an area that's as big as Lebanon. It's controlled by the Kurds, the Christians, and the moderate Sunnis. Uh, and there are airstrips and hotels. You could settle a lot of people there. All we would have to do is be willing to provide them with some weaponry, some defensive weaponry. And we seem to be afraid to give the Kurds weaponry. We like to send it for some strange reason through Baghdad, and then they only get a tenth of it. And if we would support them, we have a perfect ideal there. We don't need to set this up as we either take a bunch of uh, refugees who will be infiltrated with terrorists, I guarantee you, for them not to be, would to be terrorist malpractice. And uh, we need to, to, to choose the right choice, not these false choices. Senator Paul, you oppose letting in Syrian refugees at this time into the United States. Uh, the U.S. has already accepted 2,000 Syrian refugees, including 13 living here in Las Vegas right now. Would you send them back? What would you do with these people? You know, I think we need to set the record straight on this because I think uh, Marco misspoke about the bill. On the Gang of Eight bill, there was no provisions really for extra scrutiny or safety for refugees. At the time the bill came up, two Iraqi refugees came to my hometown, Bowling Green, Kentucky, 
Their fingerprints were on a bomb from Iraq. They were in the database, but we didn't pick them up. We relocated them here, put them in government housing, got them on food stamps, and we began providing for them, but we didn't have adequate security. On the Gang of Eight bill, on Marco's bill, we had an opportunity. There was a conservative consensus for a, an amendment I put forward called Trust But Verify that would have strengthened border security on both refugees, students, and those coming here. And Marco sided and was, I guess, more sympathetic to Chuck Schumer and to the president than he was to conservative principles. But this goes directly to national defense. And if he wants to run as a national, national defense conservative, he's got to explain why he hasn't stepped up to support border security. Senator Rubio, as he's just admitted, as he's just admitted, the reason why those refugees were allowed in is because they messed up in how they used the actual database. They should have known. They didn't because they didn't run the actual law as it exists now. It didn't work well. As far as the refugees are concerned, it's not that America doesn't want to accept refugees, Wolf. It's that we may not be able to because this is an issue we have to be 100% right on. If we allow 9,999 Syrian refugees into the United States, and all of them are good people, but we allow one person in who's an ISIS killer, we just get one person wrong. We've got a serious problem. And there is not a single person in the national defense apparatus of this country that can guarantee you we're going to be 100% right. And that's why, as president, I'll take this very seriously. Senator Paul, you didn't answer the question about the 2,000 Syrian refugees who are already here in the United States. Will you send them back or let them stay? What my bill would do would be only for refugees going forward, so I haven't taken a position on sending anyone home, but I have taken the position that we have a lot of problems here in our country, and that one of the things that we do, charity is about giving your own money. Charity isn't giving someone else's money. To put everyone on government housing and food stamps and bring them in from around the world, I think is a mistake. To give of your own money, I've given to my church, my church has helped people that came from Bosnia, that's a good thing. But we shouldn't have a program where we just say that we're going to take care of the world's refugees. Nobody in the Middle East is doing anything. Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Kuwait, all the Gulf nations are doing nothing. They need to step up and we take have another. We have another question. We have another question from Facebook. Let's listen. Okay, folks, and so we're going to go ahead and bring it over to Kelly, and then uh, you, Cindy, and then we'll bring uh, you back in, Ed. And then we've got Christina back on the line. And so before, though, uh, Kelly, yeah, I agree with a lot of what you know Rand Paul said, except for the fact of uh, sending, not sending them back. We know that Trump is saying that he would send them back. I mean, I greatly uh, – and that's one of the biggest problems I have about the refugees. One, of course, is you not being able to scream and we can have, you know, those refugees, terrorists in our midst. But also – I mean, they're not going to be coming over and being a productive members of our society. They're going to come here and they're going to get money from the government, their housing, their food, their shelter, probably, you know, since it's Obama, a telephone, you know, probably some cable or something of that nature, uh, living better than some of uh, people here in America. That's the biggest problem I've got. Uh, well, the second biggest problem I have is that, we're going to be we're going to be paying for them, and we don't even uh, we have people over here that uh, we could be giving more money to. But uh, what do you think, Kelly? Oh my gosh, free cable! I should move over to Syria, claim to be a refugee, then come over here, and I'll get free cable. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's cable, anyway. but I know they get you know food, lodging, shelter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all the bennies. I am impressed with Rand Paul over and over again, calling, calling. Rubio on this. Rubio's like, oh, no, no, I really, I really, really? 
He just called you on it. He just called you on it. Well, I, 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 I says Rubio, I'm bullshit. Oops. Baloney. Beeps. Where would you know? <laughs> gosh. Rare slip, Kelly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, anyway, I want to go over into uh, Donald Trump. I mean, that was pretty bold and gutsy. Of course, that's him. Let's just stop it until Congress can figure it out. Really, the states ought to figure it out. Thank you, Christina. Um, you know, Congress giving back the power to the states. There you go. Except California. We'd let them all in. And there's a sanctuary city like San Francisco. And we will all sit in the San Francisco park in this circle and our knees, legs crossed, hold our hands and say, kumbaya, da, 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 da. You know, okay, whatever. Um, but anyway, Franklin Graham, who is a high, highly influential person, in the uh, evangelical Christian circle, he supported Donald Trump's decision. Now, Franklin Graham, he runs, of course, he's the son of Billy Graham, he runs Samaritan's Purse, going all over the world with humanitarian aid. He knows these people. He's, his statement isn't a lame, oh, it's a good idea. No, he, he gets this from experience and his people in the field supporting Donald Trump's statement that we ought to put it on hold. And so which candidates are really... Let's see, Rubio didn't. No, no. Rubio kind of wants him to come in. Rand Paul's against it. Donald Trump's against it. I'm not sure where Cruz is. I think he's against uh, importing of refugees. Uh, can you confirm that? Where's he at with, with where's Cruz on import of refugees? Anybody? Did my phone go dead? I was answering a message, but anyone okay. else would like to uh, answer that? Go ahead. All at the same time, we decided to answer Kelly. Kelly, I don't know the Go answer ahead, to Cindy. that. I just wanted to let you know. <laughs> I I don't know, but <clears throat> I, I'm I'm not I'm I'm not into Cruz anyway, so I'm not really following him that closely. So sorry, I can't answer your question. Okay. Yeah, the question is that if Cruz. If Cruz is like Donald Trump's position, stop the import of refugees now until Congress figures it out. That was Trump's um, statement. Rand is there. Um, I, I just wonder if Cruz is at the same level with with uh, uh, Trump there, if you will. Um, yeah, because, you know, in, in, in a quick nutshell, I, I like Cruz. I like Rand Paul. I like Donald Trump. This is refreshing. This is refreshing um, compared to many years ago. They just give you this guy or that guy. No, we got some seriously good potentials here. And you know, even you know, okay, let's say Cruz wins Iowa, New Hampshire, he wins. Great. Donald Trump wins Iowa, New Hampshire, and wins president. Great. Rand Paul, you know, even better in some ways. I, I, I just this is great. But, you know, Jeb Bush is getting down to the bottom. He's probably already. I don't know if they flushed the toilet on him yet, but Jeb is out, Christie's out, Rubio, they're trying to get him in. Um, I think America's waking up, and that's good news. Let's simply, uh, we hear more on that, but let's go ahead and bring uh, Ed back in. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Ed. And uh, as we say here, the mic is yours. Yeah, I think that uh, as far as the presidential candidates go, you know, I don't really have that 
have much hope that they're going to get it done because we need Congress to get back in there and start doing something. Uh, they should be doing something right now. We need to focus on firing those guys if they're not going to do something this election. I would like to see something done before the election in itself. I would like to see, you know, the borders guarded. I mean, it sort of be like, well, we have to wait a couple weeks. We've been fighting this fight for so long, and they're not going to guard our own borders. It's ridiculous. I mean, we should shut those borders down immediately. And, you know, it's, I'm not big on, on the, all the warmongering. They keep saying ISIS, ISIS, ISIS. Well, you know, I don't fear ISIS as much as I, I do the unconstitutional guys in D.C. that don't even want to guard our borders. They give us homeland security. Homeland security well, is a joke. They're not securing us. You know, ask those, those people are in graves right now, in, you know, over in California. And they're, they're not securing us. They're not securing the borders. Every day, 10,000 people cross that border illegally. And we don't know who's there. And it just keeps coming on us. We can't run a country this way. Our liberties have to be defended. And if, you know, there's nobody in Congress that's willing to do it, you think one guy that you're going to elect is going to make a difference. I don't really see it happening. You know, and in fact, I think when I call, call Bart's logic a, a year from now, we'll probably have Hillary in there. It's just the way it is because the mainstream media is is controlling the bad cesspool in D.C. And I don't really think there's much, you know, chance of us straightening that out. I think our best bet is to get into our own states and our own local things, get constitutional sheriffs, get people to veto bad laws coming out of D.C. and, you know, nullify that, bring back open carry, say, no, you're not going to give us any unconstitutional laws. We're going to have constitutional carry in the United States, in our state anyways, in Florida. We're pushing for it. Kentucky already has it. Four other states already have it. You know, we're not going to allow you to throw your crap at us. I mean, yeah, it would be nice if one of these guys could ride out on a white horse and save America, but I don't see it happening. I definitely don't see it happening with Trump and, you know, Cruz and, and Paul. You know, I, I just don't see that really getting it done either. I think it's up to we the people to get back to our states and really get involved and really start standing up and passing out the information, reinvigorating the Constitution and Bill of Rights to the people. And when we get that going on and really standing up to our congressmen, then we can get the country back under control. But first thing is first, and then that's why Cruz is resonating great. Uh, not Cruz, but uh, um Trump is Trump. resonating great. Yeah, Trump is resonating great because he, he is for the building the wall. Or you know, I'm not so much for a wall. I would just say, hey, bring our, I don't want to go fight ISIS and put boots on the ground. Put boots on the ground right here in the United States, right here on our own borders. Let, that's what he should be saying. I want troops on the ground right now in our borders. I want this border shut down immediately. Forget the wall. Put the troops on the ground. Shut down the border immediately. And let's start saying, hey, we're going to have a sane immigration policy, which we haven't had in 35 years. And, you know, none of them are really coming out that strong for it. I'm not really big on any of these guys out there. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. I mean, of course they're going to be better. But Hillary's going like, oh, just leave the border open. The Constitution, what difference does it make? It was just, you know, uh, 
dead founding fathers that didn't know what they were doing. You know, that's what she is. So we know what she is. But as far as what we need to do, we need to shut that border down now. And we don't have a Congress. We don't have the, the Republicans aren't going to get it done. That's why the people of the states got to really take take back their own states and hopefully raise their own militia and start st- standing up at the, at the corner and, and getting something done there. I mean, it would be nice if if we did get somebody if Trump did get in there and, and does what he says and he's gonna and that's why he's resonating good with the people because we want to defend the United States of America. Uh, we don't, you know, why don't we need to go to the Middle East when we got a border that's wide open? It, you know, don't even, you know, we hear Graham talking about, oh, we got to get rid of ISIS. I mean, no, you don't need to get, Graham, you've been there for 35 years and you haven't put the border down. What's your problem? Get out of our lives. We're sick of you. Why? That's why you don't even have one percent. So it's time we wake up and, and take back our own states and educate our own people. And, and maybe we will get the border, you know, secured and start understanding the Constitution of the United States. And speaking of the border, I do have a a longer clip here where they did talk about uh, immigration. And so I'm going to go ahead and play that. And for folks, uh, they'll take us about almost to the part of the show where we're going to the extended period where if you're listening uh, and not called into the show, uh, you won't be able to hear the extended period. Uh, so I would give us a call if you'd like to, especially if you'd like to chime in at 347-945-7428. Uh, and then that would get you to be able to at least listen to the part. If not, uh, the entire show will be available in the podcast uh, for you to listen to the extended period as well. And, of course, uh, as I said earlier, if you're here new on the show and uh, you'd like to uh, have your friends and family be able to uh, listen into our show tonight. Uh, just send them an email on your email list, and uh, that link can get them to the podcast uh, where they can listen to the show. And also, since they'll have the link, they'll also have access to be able to uh, get to the show where they can listen to and hopefully participate in uh, subsequent shows. We'd like to really uh, have them be a part of it. Uh, so let's go ahead and play that audio, and we'll make uh, some comments on that. We have uh, about an hour left uh, of the show. Uh, of course, in the last uh, 15 minutes, 10 minutes or so, uh, we do our closing out. Uh, so we still have uh, a good amount of time. So let's go ahead and hear uh, what was said about the immigration. We've been talking tonight about programs and policy proposals that you all have to keep Americans safe, and it's a big discussion on the campaign trail, also about border security and immigration. So let's talk about immigration. Senator Rubin, you've co-authored a bill with Democrats two years ago that allowed a path to citizenship for undocumented immigrants. Do you still support that path to citizenship, which means giving those immigrants rights, like the right to vote? Immigration is not an issue that I read about in the newspaper or watch a documentary on PBS or CNN. It's an issue I've lived around my whole life. My family are immigrants. My wife's family are immigrants. All of my neighbors are immigrants. I see every aspect of the problem, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And here's what we learned in 2013. The American people don't trust the federal government to enforce our immigration laws. And we will not be able to do anything on immigration until we first prove to the American people that illegal immigration is under control. And we can do that. We know what it takes to do that. It takes at least 20,000 more additional border agents. 
It takes completing those 700 miles of fencing. It takes a mandatory e-verify system and a mandatory entry-exit tracking system to prevent visa overstays. After we've done that, the second thing we have to do is reform and modernize the legal immigration system. And after we've done those two things, I think the American people are going to be very reasonable. Well, what do you do with someone who's been in this country for 10 or 12 years, who hasn't otherwise violated our laws because they're a criminal, they can't stay, don't have to undergo a background check, pay a fine, start paying taxes, and ultimately they'll be given a work permit, and that's all they're going to be allowed to have for at least 10 years. But you can't even get to that third step until you've done the other two things. And that was the lesson we learned in 2013. There is no trust that the federal government will enforce the law. They will not support you until they see it done first. Senator, you haven't answered the question. You just described a very long path, but does that path end at citizenship? Oh, but I've answered that question repeatedly. I am personally open. After all of that has happened, and after 10 years in that probationary status where all they have is a work permit, I personally am open to allowing people to apply for a green card. That may not be a majority position in my party, but that's down the road. You can't even begin that process until you prove to people, not just pass a law that says you're going to bring illegal immigration under control, you're going to have to do it and prove to people that it's working. And that was the lesson of 2013, and it's more true today than it was then. After a migratory crisis on the border with minors coming over that you're seeing start up again now, after all these executive orders the President has issued, more than ever we Thank need to you, prove Senator. to people that illegal immigration is under control. Thank you, Senator. Senator Cruz. Senator Cruz, on the campaign trail, Senator Rubio has said that his immigration plan isn't that different from yours. Is that true? Well, he, he has attempted to muddy the waters, but I think anyone that watched the battle that we had, you know, there was a time for choosing, as Reagan put it, where there was a battle over amnesty, and, and some chose, like Senator Rubio, to stand with Barack Obama and Chuck Schumer and support a massive amnesty plan. Others chose to stand with Jeff Sessions and Steve King and the American people and secure the border. And let me mention, this issue is actually directly connected to what we've been talking about, because the front line with ISIS isn't just in Iraq and Syria, it's also in Kennedy Airport and the Rio Grande. Border security is national security. And you know, one of the most troubling aspects of the Rubio-Schumer Gang of Eight bill was that it gave President Obama blanket authority to admit refugees, including Syrian refugees, without mandating any background checks whatsoever. Now, we've seen what happened in San Bernardino. When you're letting people in, when the FBI can't vet them, it puts American citizens at, rest, at risk. And I tell you, if I'm elected president, we will secure the border. We will triple the border patrol. We will build a wall that works, and I'll get Donald Trump to pay for it. <laughs> I'll build it. Yeah, a couple points. In 2013, we had never faced a crisis like the Syrian refugee crisis now. Up until that point, a refugee made someone fleeing oppression, fleeing communism, like it is in my community. As far as Ted's record, I'm always puzzled by his attack on this issue. Ted, you support legalizing people who are in this country illegally. Ted Cruz supported a 500% increase in the number of H-1B visas, the guest workers that are allowed into this country, and Ted supports doubling the number of green cards. So I think what's important for us to understand is there is a way forward on this issue that we can bring our country together on. And when I'm president, I will do it. And it will begin by bringing illegal immigration under control and proving it to the American people. Senator Cruz. Look, I understand that Marco wants to raise confusion. It is not accurate what he just said, that I supported legalization. Indeed, 
I led the fight against his legalization and amnesty bill. And, and you know, there, there was one commentator that put it this way, that, that for Marco to suggest our record's the same, it is like suggesting the firemen and the arsonists have the same record because they're both at the scene of the fire. He was fighting to grant amnesty and not to secure the border. I was fighting to secure the border. And, and this also goes to trust. Listen, on campaign trails, candidates all the time make promises. You know, Marco said he learned that the American people didn't Senator trust Cruz, the federal government. No, Dana, he campaigned in Florida promising to lead the fight against amnesty. He campaigned promising to lead the fight against amnesty. Ladies and gentlemen, this exactly is why. Senator Cruz, I hate hearing that, don't you? ever legalizing people that are in this country illegally now. Senator Cruz? I have never supported legalization. Do you rule it out? I have never supported legalization, and I do not intend to support legalization. And let me tell you how you do this. this what you is do is you enforce the, the law. What you do is you enforce the law. Ms. Fiorina, please leave your turn. We're going to get to you on this. Go Sorry, ahead, you haven't Cruz. gotten to me. This Senator is what you do fed is up you, with the political class. What you do is you enforce the law. I've laid out a very, very detailed immigration plan on my website, tedcruz.org. It's 11 pages, existing federal law. And in particular, the question of what to do with people who are here now, you enforce the law. That means you stop the Obama administration's policy of releasing criminal illegal aliens. Do you know how many illegal aliens Bill Clinton deported? 12 million. Do you know how many illegal aliens George W. Bush deported? 10 million. We can enforce the laws, and if we secure the border, that solves the problem. And as president... I will hey, solve Mr. this Trump, problem and secure Mr. the border. Mr. Trump, you like to say that you restarted this conversation in the campaign. I think I did. So who do you <laughs> side with? Who do you side with in this, Senator Rubio or Senator Cruz? I have Cruz? a very hard-line position. We have a country or we don't have a country. People that have come into our country illegally, they have to go. They have to come back in through a legal process. I want a strong border. I do want a wall. Walls do work. You just have to speak to the folks in Israel. Walls work. If they're properly constructed, I know how to build. Believe me, I know how to build. But I feel a, a very, very strong bind, and, and really I'm bound to this country. We either have a border or we don't. People can come into the country. We welcome people to come in, but they have to come in legally. Thank you. Governor Bush, yeah. listening to this, do you think this is the tone, this immigration debate, that Republicans need to take to win back Hispanics? into your party, especially states like where we are in Nevada, that has a pretty large Hispanic community? No, it isn't, but it's an important subject to talk, talk about for sure, and um, I think people have good ideas on this. Clearly, we need to secure the border. Coming here legally needs to be a lot easier than coming here illegally. If, if you don't have that, you don't have the rule of law. We now have a national security consideration, public health issues. We have an epidemic of heroin overdoses in all sorts, all, all places in this country because of the ease of bringing heroin in. We have to secure the border. It is a serious undertaking, and yeah, we do need more fencing, and we do need to use technology, and we do need more border control, and we need to have better cooperation, by the way, with local law enforcement. There are 800,000 cops on the beat. They ought to be trained to be the eyes and ears uh, for law enforcement, for the threat against terror, as well as for immigration. This is a serious challenge, and if we can get it right, yeah, we'll, we'll start winning votes again. The real problem isn't anybody on this stage. The real problem is Barack Obama has had six years to advocate a position to fix this, and he's done nothing. The Congress has funded 
these programs of building more fencing and doing all this, and he hasn't done it. He wants to maintain it as a wedge issue, and so does Hillary Clinton. Republicans need to fix it, and when we do, we'll be better off. Governor, thank you very much. And Dr. Carson, you recently visited a refugee camp in Jordan, and you deemed it, your words, really quite nice, saying the people there didn't. And we already covered the uh, the question there from Ben Carson earlier on uh, in the show. And I do see it's about nine minutes till uh, the top of the hour. Now, we will be going into our extended period. Uh, and so the show, as I say, will go on. Uh, but if you are not called in and you don't want your audio to uh, conk out in the next about eight minutes, give us a call at 347-945-7428. And uh, we'll uh, get you into the show if you like to. And that means if you want to chime in, because uh, I do see some folks have called in, uh, push the one on your number dial there on the phone, and I will uh, do a little call screen just to get your name, uh, perhaps what state you're calling from, uh, and then we'll get you into get you into the show. And as I said, just push the one on your number dial. And so, and I do see uh, someone has already done that, so we will get you in. Uh, but let's go ahead and bring some things out now. I'm going to bring briefly in here because I do want to get uh, our next caller in. We have uh, Christine back on, so if uh, you want to uh, ask anything from her, Christine, uh, welcome back. Uh, let's get you back on, and then we'll bring things back around to Susan um, after we bring in our new person. So we'll go Christine, uh, the person we get back, getting ready to do a call screening with, and then Susan, Kelly, and then you, Cindy, and then we've got Ed. And so uh, go ahead, uh, go ahead, Christine. You know, I wish I could have heard say Article 1, Section 9, that says states does all the immigration and all the importing of persons for any reason. Uh, Article 1, Section 9, Clause 3, says when the states import people, they're supposed to pay a tax to the United States. I wish I had heard somebody say that Amendment 10 does, if it's not written for the United States, it can't be a federal law in the first place. It belongs to the state and people. I wish I could have heard when somebody say that Amendment number 11 doesn't even allow the federal court to even speak to non-students at all. All of their problems have to be done in state court well, then how can you have federal immigration laws? I wish I could have heard somebody say that Amendment 14 says each state has to give people due process. So if you're not a citizen, you've got to go under due process of the state that you're in. I wish I could have heard somebody say that. On the issue of the wall, I wish I could have heard somebody say we don't need a damn wall. All we got to do is tear it out. There's already a wall there. It's made of billions of dollars. Why do you think they keep running across the border? You see, these are the things that get me upset. It's, it, this is all a little BS, and people can't even figure out a little BS. If you just stop giving them money, they ain't coming. Go back to the Constitution where they need $500 to register with the state so they won't be deported, $500 once again for your state immigration fee, and then they will stop coming, especially when they know that they can no longer get even one dime from the federal government. 
I wish I could have heard somebody say that Article 1, uh, uh, Section 8 does not allow the United States to give one dime to non-citizens. It says the United States should have the power to levy taxes only for the wealth of America. I didn't hear not one presidential candidate say nothing like it. Donald Trump is the closest one because I send him a letter every week. That's what you need to know as much as he does. I ain't heard a blasted word about the Constitution in this issue of migration and and uh, what a good refugee. And you got to understand why Obama is saying the word refugee now, because if he says the word immigrant, he can be court-martialed up. You notice since he was knocked out of the box in February, he stopped saying the word immigration. The reason he did that is because Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15, that is the constitutional military clause against the United States bringing people to this country. So that's why he don't want to say that word because it sounds like an invasion. It says the United States cannot invade the cities. So that's why he's now saying refugees. See, it's the little things that you guys don't know. That's why it's extremely important to know what the Constitution actually says about what they're doing. Because they, will say, they don't know any better. They went to the same school you did. You know, and I just, I just appreciate Newt Gingrich. He was the one that made me really get into this. But you know, I had an elementary school, but that was for 900 years ago. He made me get into it for 20 years. In the past 20 years, no one else listened to him, and then they wonder why I get upset with him because this is a little simple stuff, and you make it sound like it's some darn nuclear rocket science. I know nuclear rocket science. I helped to put together the first perpetual motion three-tower nuclear power plant. I could quote nuclear equations like that. This ain't no rocket science. You just stop giving them money, they won't come over here. Why are people complicating this issue? You just read and see, do Article 1, Section 9 say to the United States, no, if it say you can't do it, then go beat somebody butt. Just go over your Congress office, throw a brick in the window, and say you can't do this crap no more, and I'm going to arrest you under Article 1, Section 6, because you just put a treason against our district. It's as simple as that. See what I'm saying? It's as so simple as that. Let's go ahead and get some comments from. Let's go ahead and get some comments from. Just want to say you're making a whole lot of sense. Don't don't think you're not making sense. We we do get you, and and I and I just you know we got to get the word out. That's the thing, and and I think somebody like Donald Trump can do that. Well, we I got Holly on the line. That's what I was, okay. I was sitting here waiting. Ain't nobody on the day said nothing. We got to sit here and listen to them say a bunch of crap. Not one. But I wish Barrett had a Kelly could have did better than what they did. Any of us sitting on this radio show could have done better than what they did. Any of us could have done. Not one person up there quoted one constitutional clause that allowed the United States is not allowed to do anything with non-citizens at all. You see, it's, it's our Article of, of 1, Section 8, Clause 3. They're supposed to deal with the foreign nations. The people deal with the refugees in the state. I wish I could, if I could just hear one person on the day or something yeah. like that. I, 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 but you know what? I ain't going to hear it, Emma, if Donald Trump don't say Now, he has said quite a few things from the information that we sent him. I don't know what he said tonight because, you know, I keep turning the mute button on because they make me so mad. I can't, it's at the point now, see, when you can be 
so educated, and it seems like I'm so educated, but this is elementary school. That's what break my heart. It's elementary school, but I found but look, like well, in, in, okay, I, Christine, I we like do I'm guys. Hold on, Christine. What we had to do in elementary school. That's why I'm so hurt about this. I'm not a scholar, people. I'm, well, we had to do this in elementary school, and you got a whooping. But I'm telling you now, if they call up on you in the fifth grade and ask you what is Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15, you better say that it's the Constitution military clause that allows Congress to call for the militias just to protect the Constitution words and to suppress any insurrection that writes them against it, and anybody bring a foreign across that border, darn it, we're going to send them a wish you for them, like the man was saying about the troops. And, and look, the Republicans ain't going to fix it. It's their fault. It's not really even Obama's fault. I wish it was, but it's really the Republicans are doing this. But they make you think. They make you think it's Obama. They're the ones who just sent for all these refugees, and the Republicans are the ones that started the sanctuary cities. So you cannot, if the Republicans would do what they were supposed to do and return all this stuff back like they told us they were going to do, Obama never could have did his speech. But, see, they ain't doing it. So you guys got to wake up. And don't I don't want nobody out there to think I'm real smart. No, I ain't. No, I ain't. This elementary school stuff. And that's what gets me upset. Sometimes I start crying when I hear people as the Lord, and I see them just a miseducated Americans. I can't even believe it that we came this far from elementary school stuff. It's just tell us when we were kids that if you don't know the Constitution, you're not going to make it. Of course, we laughed. We thought that was funny, the stupid old people. And now I see what they meant. We are so far from the truth. And it's nothing but elementary school. That's all it is. We must sound like a bunch of idiots to the people that's coming in this country. Must sound like idiots. Because everything we say sounds stupid. Everything that's in that video sounds stupid as heck. Let's go ahead and get some uh, thoughts from uh, Holly. As I said, we uh, got Holly on the line. Uh, thank you, Holly, for coming to the show. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Thank you, Robert. Thanks for having me. Um... And so the show's about the You're debate welcome. last night, the GOP debate, and uh, which I did watch. And uh, I like um, Trump's kind of uh, keep it simple, stupid attitude. I I like that. Um, and I like the way he said, you know, don't, you know, he's regarding ISIS, you know, don't be calling them masterminds because that, you know, call them what they are, thugs and murderers. That's what they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And right. um, I was surprised, and I never really cared for, for uh, Carly Fiorino. Um, I was surprised mm-hmm. last night that that she kind of took a Hillary approach as a woman, which insulted my oh, intelligence as a woman, that because she's a woman, I should vote for her. You know, that one little statement she had in there, and I said, well, you're no better than Hillary by saying that. So she's completely off my radar now. I feel like I could be wrong. I feel like Rubio is becoming the establishment uh, pick. Uh, Jeb, hell, he can't even say his last name. You know, Bush. Um, <laughs> Cruz, I'm still um, researching and looking into. I keep hearing different things, so I'm unsure. And um, but anyway, that's kind of my takeaway from it. And I, I just am kind of going to listen in because I'm at this point. 
after Paris and especially after San Bernardino, and I'm still fuming from Chattanooga for it. I really need to be quiet because the words that, that I would be speaking right now are not good for your show. So I will be <laughs> listening in. What was that? Uh, what was that, Holly? I, I'm just going to be listening in because I am, I am fuming. I, I'm not, you know, they keep saying on both sides, you know, you're, you're all so scared. You'll quit being scared. Blah blah. I'm not scared. I'm pissed. And yeah. So I'm yeah. not. Well, we are in logic after because, dark, so it's okay to say that. <laughs> well, I'm. It's worse than just that, and that's why I'm just going to kind of listen in. But that's just my little two cents on the debate last night. So. Thank you for having me, and, and I'll be listening in. <laughs> okay, if you, we'll keep your mic open if you want to chime in. Thanks. Well, with with uh, Jeb Bush, and obviously you've probably uh, figured out by uh, by now, and then we're going to bring Kelly and Med back into the conversation. As I didn't play a lot by uh, you know by Bush because I, I figured he and if you looked at him, if you did watch the whole debate and you seen his uh, closing comments, uh, I think he knew he was done. I think he knows he's done. Uh, I, I don't. I just don't see, see him coming back. I, and even if he won the general election, uh, not won the general election, uh, the nomination, I, I don't think that he would beat Hillary Clinton. Uh, I think it would just be an absolute mess, uh, you know, if, if he was the, the, the candidate for the Republican Party. And I, I think it was you, Holly, who said that I, I think Rubio is starting to become uh, the establishment's pick. Um, and one thing I think uh, a little bit of wisdom, I think, is, uh, you know, the candidate that the um, that the that the Democrats, you know, or the liberals are, you know, kind of uh, touting and then the, um, you know, that's somebody you want to watch out for that you don't want to be your nominee, I would think. And then, of course, uh, with the establishment, you know, who they're who they're touting. I think that would be somebody uh, that the Republican uh, electorate should make sure we stay away from. And I've been kind of hearing some things moving from uh, Bush over to Rubio. So I'm starting to wonder if that would be their pick. Uh, I personally thought that perhaps – now, I knew those two would be, and, and perhaps after Rubio drops out, he may stay longer than, uh, than unfortunately, Carson. Uh, unfortunately, I that scandal that, you know, with, with him, I just really think that hurt him, unfortunately. Um, and so it, it wasn't even a scandal. It was, uh, you know, same thing they did with Herman Cain, you know, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so uh, and I personally, I think uh, that the next top, you know, four or five are going to be, of course, Trump and then uh, Cruz and then uh, Rubio. Uh, I would think maybe even Kasich, who I think that, you know, if, if, if Rubio goes out before Kasich, Kasich would become the establishment pick. And I figure with him being in Ohio, um, you know, that would definitely be, you know, something that you, the establishment would want. And I even I would have to say this, whoever the nominee becomes, uh, Kasich as a vice presidential candidate may not be, uh, at least for political expediency, may not be a bad pick. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, Kasich. We can talk more about that later if folks want to. Um, but Kasich did make one point is no one's really won the general election without Ohio. And I'm not just saying that that's my home state. Um, and you could just look back in the record. So if they would, may want to bring on Kasich now, 
as everyone here has probably started to notice that, you know, we could be looking at the possible ticket right now between Kasich and and Ted Cruz. Uh, what, what what are your thoughts on that? And so let's bring that over to you, Kelly, on that question, and then we'll bring that over to Ed. What what are your thoughts? What do you think uh, things might be starting to shape up? With I mean, I know there hasn't even been one vote cast, but just the way those two have been acting, uh, at least uh, lately, uh, you would think that that might be what the ticket would be. Would be like a Trump. Uh, a Trump Cruz. What what do you think, Kelly? Trump Cruz is a good possibility. Um, the way Cruz is kind of pandering, he's got some of the same ideas, and we did hear that, yes, he is um, similar uh, to many degrees to Trump's, um, probably not as harsh as Trump, on immigration. Um, yeah, so, by the way, uh, I miss, what was the last caller's name again? Starts with an H. Holly. Holly. Thank you, Holly. Uh, Holly, by the way, there is a way to swear on large logic. You know. And yeah. There's way you know these people will get me so beep beep and then they swear it's word so beep beep beep. I'm sorry, I can't do that. I have to just say it like it is. Yeah, I know, I like that too. You know, of course I I have a um quite the uh plethora of explicitive superlatives because I hang around with the construction industry. Anyway, um <laughs> can't wait for people to get that. All right. Anyway. <laughs> um yeah, I, I could see a, a cruise um I could see a cruise uh Trump or Trump cruise. Um I don't know if it's gonna be uh, well if Rubio wins it it ain't gonna be Rand Paul, I guarantee you that. <laughs> um they were hacking at each other earlier. Jeez. Um, of course, of course uh, Trump could pick his own VP. You never do this. There's a certain political etiquette about picking a VP candidate, and you never announce until you get the nomination. You just don't. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a law. They just don't. Um, so, but you can catch his. Yeah, um, Ronald Reagan picked George W. Bush because it was a compromise, so that they um, they had a broker convention. That's a long story, but. Um, we, I don't know. It's too early to speculate. We just have to watch these hints of of Cruz right. if he's pandering to him again or not. Um, so I don't know. I, I've said too much right now. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the presidential election is really important. Yes, Congress is extremely important too. Like Ed was talking about, um, the way our system has been uh, manipulated. President picks the attorney general. The attorney general is, of course, the supreme law enforcement officer of the country, and he also picks what goes into a grand jury, what doesn't, who prosecutes, who doesn't. And one congressman said of Eric Holder that all he's been doing is protecting the president. That is the position of the attorney general. And if Cruz was an attorney general and he went after a bunch of bad guys, even if I, I would bet Donald Trump would say, go get him. I mean, that would be another better position for Cruz to be the attorney general. Oh, my gosh. If if he is what he's that's been claiming to be, he would start cleaning house. Yeah, um, that'd be a great thing. Know this, but RFK, you know, he was the attorney general, Robert, or JFK's brother. Um, RFK brought up um, indictments and convictions against the mob like 800%. I don't 
I mean, you don't do that unless your brother the president's on board. I mean, they went to war against the mob and the bad guys. And we couldn't have, um, I'm sorry, the, the powers that be, they couldn't have RFK become the president because he would appoint an attorney general that would look into his brother's assassination. Now, you think about this, this is really frightening. And around that time, U.S. versus Cox came out, which is another fascinating case. But so the president is extremely important in picking the attorney general, um, you know, for the sake of justice in our country. And don't forget to Well, Supreme Court perhaps uh, if Cruz doesn't get uh, the nomination or the VP, perhaps uh, the attorney general would be a position for Cruz. I mean, of course, I still would have loved for um, uh, for Gingrich to have gotten in, but it's, it's, at this point, I guess it's too late. And speaking of that, uh, about timing, is I'm just going to go over uh, as quickly as I can uh, the upcoming uh, dates for the primaries, and this was uh, supplied uh, by Tom. Uh, I know Tom's uh, not out there uh, any longer, but perhaps uh, he'll be listening to the archive and then sharing that with his friend. Uh, but, of course, we all know February 1st is the Iowa caucus uh, with the 30 delegates. And then we have uh, February – now we'll go through the whole 50 states, so don't worry about that. Uh, but uh, we also have February 9th is going to be New Hampshire. And then, of course, February 20th, uh, is South Carolina, which is uh, one of the states that Gingrich did win, uh, South Carolina, and that's uh, 50 delegates. And then uh, February 23rd is going to be Nevada. And then there is March 1st is going to have a number of uh, – that's a big day. Uh, March 1st has, you know, 10 – oh, gosh, about 12 states are going to be on March the 1st. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be pretty big, and so uh, I'm not going to go down the line, but I would say by by March, by the beginning of March, we'll have an idea of who the real front runner uh, of the party, you know, I mean, of the Republican Party for the presidency is. Uh, so that's something that you know we'll know by you know, the first quarter of next year. But as I said, I wanted to bring uh, Ed back in the line. And it looks like we've got about, uh, let's say, 30 minutes, maybe 35, uh, for the rest of the show before we have to start closing things out for this evening. Uh, So we'll we'll be getting prepared for that. There's a few other clips I've got, uh, and hopefully we'll be able to play at least least one more of them. And then one – I do want to play something that kind of struck me is uh, definitely an unfair question to uh, uh, Paul. I can't, I always said Carson Palmer. You believe that uh, <laughs> to Carson um, uh, about uh, whether he would uh, be a good commander in chief and uh, if he would be able to wage war. And for those who uh, watched the uh, full debate, uh, probably knows what I'm referring to. And I definitely want to play the, audio to that and, and get folks' reaction. But first, let's go ahead and hear from Ed. Uh, thank you uh, for a little more, Ed, before coming back. Uh, go ahead. Well, the mainstream media is already, you know, putting this out. Brett Baer came out and he says, hey, you know, it's between Rubio and Cruz. You know, the, the Republican faction is, uh, is drawn up between Rubio and Cruz. 
Cruz wants to pull him, you know, back towards constitutional principles, which I hope he does, and he he gets in there. And Rubio, of course, is an establishment, and you know, everybody else in the lamestream media, that, those are names are at. And we got to realize that the lamestream media is owned by the establishment. The establishment is not going to, and I and I said this since the beginning. Trump is not going to get the nomination. And, you know, I still believe that today. He's not going to get it. I know you're, a lot of you are drinking the Kool-Aid and you think it's going to happen, but he's not going to get it. It's just there's a lot of power, and D.C. is a cesspool. And, you know, I, I, I don't put a whole bunch of hope there. You know, I would hope that if, Trump, or if uh, Cruz could get it somehow off of Rubio, and off the establishment that he would do what he says, but I even worry about that. But uh, I don't put a whole bunch of hope in D.C. D.C. has been a letdown for the last 40 years. You know, I've been a political activist since I was 15 in 1970 when Ford in Ohio and Nixon. I've been a Democrat and Republican since then. And I've always yelled at people who voted Republican, are you crazy? These guys are bad. And if people voted Democrat, are you crazy? These guys are bad. There's just not really any, I mean, we see it now. I mean, finally, what I've been telling people for 45 years is starting to come loose. It's like, hey, yeah, Republicans and Democrats are bad. There's no, you know, the Republican Party's not the answer, and the Democratic Party's not the answer. The Constitution's the answer. Let's get back to the Bill of Rights, and let's get back to states' rights, and that's where we've got to go with it. We've got to educate the people to what the Bill of Rights are. But if you're drinking the Trump Kool-Aid and think he's going to get in there, the establishment does not want him in there. I'm telling you right now, and you think well, that know. something's different, and something's going to be different, and something's going to be special this time. You, it wasn't special under Reagan. They make you believe it was special. Reagan gave us this amnesty. Reagan had tons of people started at Beirut. Reagan, uh, you know, the government grew under Reagan. Reagan was no those superhero that they make you believe him he was. It's all it's all smoke and mirrors. D C is a cesspool. You know, if Trump is is you know, if if he would they're not gonna let him get there, but he would it's just like, okay, you got this giant cesspool of crap and you're gonna have uh Trump do this big Probably smack in the middle of it. Yeah, that's going to go every, everywhere, but I don't think it'll still change much. You know, and I just don't see much hope from D.C. And we're looking in the wrong direction. We should be looking at states' rights and nullification. That's just right for the Constitution, especially, you know, through the states' rights and also through joint nullification. These are the aspects that we need to pick up. We need to educate our fellow Americans about this, and we need to, uh, you know, nullify the catalogs and bring back constitutional carry and start all Americans start carrying and say, and turn it back on D.C. and start focusing on our own states and start producing in our own states and take care of each other that way. And I think hey, that's really the answer. And I want to throw out some good news. I'm there with you with nullification in all its various forms. Um, in Northern California, we have a movement called the State of Jefferson. Beautiful. And four, 14 counties, 14 now, 14 counties are on board with it where they're um, uh, the 12, uh, 12 so far, but two more, and they're going to uh, submit on January the 6th at the State House. There's going to be a huge rally in front of the Capitol 
and there's attorneys that are, um, I got the attorneys picked, $100,000 in fees have already been accumulated, there's a lot more coming in, at the minimum, what we're going to get, hopefully, is at least one state house assemblyman from each county, minimum, and one state house senator. And California is really going to change at the minimum if we get our one, uh, two reps per county. But it might be so obnoxious to the state, they might just let us go, and we'd be the, the 58th state. Yeah, 58th state. That's beautiful. You could become uh, Northern California, like Western Virginia, because West Virginia succeeded from Virginia. So I mean, and there, I've heard of the principle that uh, already that um, California, where you're at, wants to succeed from Southern California. So that would be a good move. You know, that, that's right along the anti-federalist attitude of hey, let's decentralize power and bring it closer to home. And I, I like to say that I applaud what you're doing. Oh, that's exciting. State of Jefferson is what it's, – it's a no-brainer, the name. It's just State of Jefferson, period. Um, anyway, that's the movement since – actually, since the 1800s. But, yeah, it's, it's making progress. Great, great. Well, and I, and, I, and I agree with you to a large part is, you know, on that with, you know, states' rights and, and things of that nature. Uh you know that's one of the reasons why you know we'll be bringing on and we've and we've had in the past talked to, uh, to a lot of candidates, uh, you know both gubernatorial candidates, uh, Senate candidates of just some of the alternate parties such as uh, the Green Party and also the Constitution Party. Uh, but unfortunately, the fact of the matter is, uh, is most probably, highly probably, or pro- probable is that we're going to have either a Republican or a Democrat in the White House. Okay, and and that's you know the topic of tonight, and you know we'll we'll be covering uh, for the rest of the year, at least to November, mostly on uh, the election. And so, here's one thing that that I'm going to say, and, and people here has been uh, long uh, long standing uh, to the show since uh, its inception in 2012, is that I am more concerned about Hillary Clinton than I ever was. Of Obama. If you don't like Obama, then you certainly aren't going to like Hillary Clinton. I think she's more she's the worst statist. I think uh, Obama could have been more controlled. I don't think that Hillary Clinton could be as controlled as Obama has been. Um, she definitely, you know, has a, a, in my opinion, globalist status agenda. But I, I'm more concerned about her than, than than I ever was Obama. I mean, I mean. Even to the, the fact once when you know we had the general election 2012 between Romney and you know Obama, I mean that there was there was no way you could have gotten me to vote for Romney. I mean, we, we, you know Cindy and uh, you know Kelly. I mean, we, we railed and especially I railed at uh, you know over Romney for months. I mean, I couldn't turn around and vote for the guy after I railed on him for so long. I knew so much about him. Um, you know, but this time, I mean. I, I, people used to say, well, anybody but Obama, and I always scoffed at that, anybody but Obama. But And I'm not going to the point of saying anybody but Hillary right now, uh, but I would say it's – I'm kind of close because he's uh, – I don't want to go as far as say frightening, but I'm very concerned about a, um, a, a Hillary Clinton uh, presidency. What, what do you say, Susan? Uh well, she is the knowing evil. That's the only good thing about it. Um, 
like that article said, um, many probably don't recognize that Hillary is a socialist, and many of the Republican presidential candidates are also. In fact, Sanders' cumulative freedom index score, as good a yardstick as any of socialist leanings, is 26%, which, while no great faith, is significantly higher than Democrat Hillary Clinton's 19%. So there you go. Bernie Sanders has a higher rating than her. And what and, that, and as I said earlier, because I see see some of us at the bottom of the hour, is uh, you know, of course there was, there was a lot of talk last night during the debate um, about ISIS and you know think you know and the, and the the battle with that, and of course you know national security and, and you know going to war and things of that nature. And, and I hate that we're spending so much you know resources you know. On you know have to battle battling these people, uh, but one of the questions I wanted to point out was one that was directed at uh, Ben Carson, and I think it was you know a, a little unfair in the middle of the question. For those of you who watched the debate, I probably know what I'm talking about. For those who haven't, uh, here's the benefit of this audio clip. Dr. Carson, um, you mentioned in your opening remarks you're a pediatric neurologist surgeon and neurosurgeon and people admire and respect and are inspired by your life story your kindness your evangelical core support we're talking about ruthless things tonight carpet bombing toughness war and people wonder could you do that could you order airstrikes that would kill innocent children by not the scores but the hundreds and the thousands could you wage war as a commander-in-chief well, interestingly enough, you should see the eyes of some of those children when I say to them, we're going to have to open your head up and take out this tumor. They're not happy about it, believe me, and they don't like me very much at that point. But later on, they love me. Sometimes you, I sound like him, uh, later, <laughs> you know, later on, you know, they really realize what's going on. And by the same token, you have to be able to look at the big picture and understand that it's actually merciful if you go ahead and finish the job rather than death by a thousand pricks. So you are okay with the death of thousands of innocent children and civilians. It's, it's like, you got it, you got it. That is what war can't. Can you be as ruthless as Churchill was in prosecuting the war against the Nazis? Ruthless is not the, necessarily the word I would use, but tough, resolute, understanding what the problems are, and understanding that the job of the President of the United States is to protect the people of this country and to do what is necessary in order to get it done. Senator Paul. Senator Paul, that middle part where they're saying you don't mind tens, you know, thousands of, uh, you know, women and children uh, being killed. I think those little ones fair. What do you think, Cindy? Well, they're the definition of unfair. So, you know, we're all <clears throat> expecting that kind of question. <clears throat> I guess maybe they uh, wanted to put Carson away as quickly as they could, or they wanted to portray him as some kind of a uh, schizophrenic you know, warmonger, I guess. I don't know. But I'm sure they wanted to get that that question out there, not just 
for his benefit, um, but also they wanted to take down the rest of the Republican candidates with him because uh, uh, all of them would have to say about the same thing that Carson said, that um, it's not the children of Syria or Afghanistan or Iraq that I am chosen to represent and protect. I am supposed to protect the children of America um, as president of the United States. That's the pre- that's the mistake that so many of our presidents have made in the past. We've we've spent so much time making sure that we don't kill innocent civilians that we have neglected to kill the people that we need to kill. And you're dealing with people who hide among women and children, cowards who use women and children as shields. Um, The only way to deal with people like that is to just go ahead and take out their shields. Um, You know, if you were in a battle and you wanted to uh, remove the protection of a, a man, you have a sword, he has a sword, and you both have a shield, you want to get that shield out of his hand, don't you? Um, and you, or at least you want to get his shield down, you know, and, and so that's your, that's, that's part of warfare, you know, get the shield out of the way. Well, if they want to put up a shield like that, that's an innocent person, then that's what they're asking for. And they really don't care. They don't care that you take their women and children. Um, they don't, they don't have any, they don't place any value on their women, um, on their boy children, they place some value, but then they just put a weapon in their hands by the time they're old enough to hold one and uh, send them out in the middle of the uh, the fight. So uh, how do you how do you fight that mentality? You you don't give them what they want. What they want is for the the kind-hearted America, the, uh, the kind-hearted American soldier to back down long enough to where they can they can get they can kill that soldier instead of of them, the soldier killing them that's basically it and yes it was a very unfair and you heard the audience i mean mm-hmm. to ask the to ask the question once was balls enough but then they did he did it again to try to force um Carson into a flat out answer that mm-hmm. that would just you know, make him sound like a horrible person or make him right. sound like a patsy. You know, he was either going to sound like a patsy or a horrible person, no matter how he answered mm-hmm. the question. And so they forced right. the issue to hurt the people. You know, we could yeah, use... Like a... Go ahead. Is, is Christine still on? Because I wanted to ask this question earlier. Is Christine uh, still on? Uh, yes, she is. Um, Christine, if you're still on and you're listening, I got a question for you. Um, you were talking to us on our last show about the, the 1952 law that was completely unconstitutional, and I, I was started reading that law, and um, I, I came across some things that um, we could actually use uh, as long as we have that crummy law. We maybe we could use them. I just didn't know if you thought this would be. Um, fair game, but there are uh, clauses in that law that say that uh, we do not have to immigrate, and no one 
can be allowed into this country that is a member of any kind of a group that has uh, portray, uh, uh, announced its intentions to harm America in any way. And uh, if you look at uh, the group of Islam, the, the, the Islam as a group has uh, pledged to do that, um, uh, to harm America over and over again. We have plenty of evidence uh, to support uh, enforcing that particular clause of uh, the 1952 law. So um, I was just wondering if Christine thought that, you know, it would be um, something we could use. But here's the thing. In order to enforce it, you, you, you know, Congress has to do it or the president has to do it. Somebody that's in office has got to do it, and we just don't have anybody in office that will do it. Um, I think we have a tremendous, we have a, a, we probably have a dozen different things that we can do, and then there's a whole lot of other things that will help that we can do uh, to end this this um, Muslim problem and the, and the Mexican problem, and yet they don't want to. That's the simple answer of it. They don't want to. And so as citizens, it's up to us to stop them. Um, and Rubio won't answer his question because he knows that he wants uh, amnesty and he can't answer that question. Mm-hmm. And for him to portray well, Cruz, Cruz has other problems, though. Um, I don't know if you all saw my Facebook post, but um, due to their past, um, and Heidi's past specifically, um, I wouldn't trust them any farther than I can throw them, and I would not be surprised that here's your your resident conspiracy theorist has another conspiracy for you tonight. Um, <laughs> I, I would not be surprised at all to find that Ted Cruz was the real um, uh, establishment plant and that um, they have crafted a, a, a way for him to get to the top, and he actually is not a man of his own. He's a man of the party. <clears throat> I just would not be surprised to find that. There's questions about his donors. She's been in the CFR. She's been on the National Security Council, uh, or she's worked in, in the excuse me. She's worked for the National Security Council. She worked on. Uh, W's campaign in 2000. She's worked on the U.S. Trade um, Board, the representative there. Uh, she's a managing director or vice president of uh, Goldman Sachs. I mean, the list goes on and on. Oh my gosh. He, uh, uh, his, he supported the TPA, um, and 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 all the people that uh, are, you know, he, where does he get the money? All these guys have got to have... Here's the thing. What I said was, have you ever watched him at work up up there in in the Senate? He plays the conservative hand really, really well. He has us all sitting on the edge of our seats like he's the champion of our issue, okay? And you think that pretty soon that Senate is going to be tied down for us He's going to bring them under control. And then all of a sudden, when he's at the pinnacle and he, you think he, he, we're going to win this thing, he backs off. He tires of the filibuster. He he gives up. 
and Mr. Smith goes back to his seat like a good little crony and seals his lips until the next conservative cause begs for a hero. This is what I wrote. That's what I wrote on my Facebook page. So don't be fooled. Um, He is more likely an establishment plant who has been groomed and played the part for many years just for this moment. Who does that sound like? We know that BHO, Barack Hussein Obama, was being was being groomed for his job long time ago. Okay? And and I haven't even talked about the subject of his birth. Okay? What about Cruz's birth? That's I mean you know, that's a huge thing up in the air. So all I'm saying is, okay, I sound like a conspiracy theorist, but you watch and don't be surprised if that's what happens. Hey, Cindy. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put my tinfoil hat on with you. Um, we just had a clip from Ben Carson, and you know what? I like the guy. I mean, he is a he could be a great unifier for the country, um, obviously, he has the intelligence. He has a lot of so many good patience uh, characteristics about him. Just a little thing about wants to get rid of guns in the big cities. Um, he's for vaccines, and he was on the board right. of Yale. Oh, you don't get on that unless you're like, yeah, uh-huh. Certain powers that be allow you to be on that. So I find it real interesting about. Uh, ben Carson as well. His ratings are going down, probably because of the his soft-spoken aura about him um, indicates that he's not going to be tough on illegal immigration like Donald Trump will be. So I, I don't think we have to worry much about Ben Carson, um, although I do like him as a person, a great human being, but I, I think it's going to be, well, I was already coming out to my register pretty accurate in the past. Um, Cruz pulled ahead of Trump. But I think Cruz is going to have a hard time in uh, New Hampshire and then South Carolina. Nevada, uh, it's kind of a toss-up. But if if um, New Hampshire South Carolina swings towards Trump, I think Nevada is going to indicate Trump as well. It's interesting. Well, um, I think those are going to be the top two. Well, well Ron Paul might surprise us. There's one more factor about, and Ed mentioned this, and he's sharp cookie, that is. Um, mm-hmm. Trump may not win because he may not have his people within the inner party system, if you will. When I say inner party, uh, Ronald Reagan ran three times because it took his it took three times to build a network from within the party. Um, sometimes the uh, caucus turnout in Iowa was less than 10%. My mother's finally going. First time. She's 83 years old. She's finally going to go to a caucus. And, um, but yeah, it's it's fascinating what happens on the inside. We saw that with Ron Paul and, and Gingrich and other things. Uh, Trump mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have his network built up unless unless he's got, well, he's got Roger Stone helping him, which is huge for that department, but unless he gets his inside network built. Um, well, you know I'll what see. I, you know what, you know what I think about that, Kelly? I, I think that, uh, I think there's enough guys in the House and the Senate right now 
that would work with Trump, and they would they can't wait to have somebody like Trump to work with because they can't get away with what they want to get away with as long as Barack Obama is the president and Mitch McConnell is the leader in the Senate and Paul Ryan mm-hmm. is the leader in the House. They know they yeah. can't get away with it. But I think they will understand that they have more they, – they have the ability to go to the right, to go farther to the right, um, once Donald Trump gets into office. So I think you, you'll find that he'll be able to unify people, and, and I think he'll be able to use his skills um, as a tough guy, as a, as a manipulator, as a um, uh, negotiator. Um, <laughs> da, da, the negotiator. <laughs> hey, uh, Tim, 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 are you basically? Have you become a Trump fan? Me? Yeah. Have I become a a, a Trump fan? Yeah. I can't say that I'm a fan, but I, the the field is, is narrowing to him. The field is narrowing to him. I I just don't know. I see. I'm scared of Cruz. I love Cruz. I love what he's done, but I'm scared to death of him because I don't know if he really is who he is. I know that Trump is his own man. I know Trump has his own money, and he's not beholden to anybody but himself and his people, the people of the United States. And the, yeah, the if statement you today, made, who would you pick? I guess it. I guess it would have to be Trump if if the election was today. I, I guess it would have to be. Um, I like Carson a lot. I, um, Rand Paul's foreign policy just isn't good enough for me. Um, I think we need to be strong. Uh, in, uh, I think we need to be strong enough militarily to. I, I think we need to do like uh, old Teddy said: we um, speak softly and carry a big stick. Um, and if Carson would do that, he'd be the great, the great one to do that. I like Carson a lot. Yeah. Hey, Robert, why don't we go around and just see what everybody, if the vote was to happen today, who who they'd vote for? Okay. Mm. Yeah, that's that sounds fun. Let's go ahead and ask. Well, well, we'll I'll, I'll do mine last, but we'll we'll go ahead and uh, do we'll do uh, yours first, Ed, and then we'll uh, go with uh, Christine, and then Holly. We'll get you on just to see who uh, you would pick if the election was today, the primary is today. And then um, I guess uh, you, Kelly, and then myself. And then uh, by that time, unfortunately, I'll probably we'll have to make it quick because you know. Um, and then maybe give a little bit of reason why if, if we got time. But let's go ahead and do it that way. So, what about you, uh, Ed? If the election was today and you were going to vote for one of the primary candidates, who would it, uh, Republican primary candidates, who would it be? I would say uh, none of the above. I, I'm more of an anti-polis <laughs> And, and basically, I don't see myself, you know, hoping any of these guys. Uh, I, I, Trump, again, is not going to get the nomination. And I just think that uh, there's not enough so people out there. I know, I know you, you don't feel that way. But. Uh, you know, I, I mm-hmm. just, if, I had, if I had a vote for one, I would probably go Rand Paul. But, you know, if I had to, but I don't even like Rand Paul that much. But he's not anti-fellas enough for me. 
I want somebody to really get out there and say, we got to start putting power back to the states and downsizing D.C., and I don't hear from any of these candidates. Yeah, I think you probably heard it more from Rand Paul than probably any of them uh, about bringing things back to the states. Um, So that's who, at least, you know, on that criteria. Uh, And he ain't strong enough anti-fellows for me, but that's, you know, I mean, you're putting me on a spot for one. I probably find a better one in the Libertarian Party, but I don't know yet. Our extension in Orlando here in May, and we'll be deciding our candidate then. And what about you, Holly? Uh, Newt Gingrich. Yeah, Newt Gingrich. There we go. I wish she was on the ballot. Which no, has, I so wish she was uh, back in the plenty of good things to say about Trump. So I guess it would be Trump if it had to be today. I'm still undecided in reality. Okay, let's... Um... Cindy, did you tell us who was? Uh, I mean, Cindy, I know you you would yeah. be Trump. Uh, what about you? What, yeah. what about you, uh, Kelly? Well, um, uh, kind of, it's, it's a hard one. I really like Rand Paul because um, you know he said was, why don't we try freedom? Why don't we try the Constitution? He's he's the one who's he's proven it. He's got it in his mind. He loves it. Uh, Rand, however. Um, I don't want a Rubio. He's rising up. I'm not sure. I'm not very sure about Cruz. But if I would throw my support towards Trump, then he would be the strongest candidate against a Rubio and and Cruz. So I have to default to, to, to Donald Trump right now. Um, mostly because Roger Stone really supports him. Because he's got a better chance of actually winning the primary than Rand Paul. Okay, and uh, and I think I probably know the answer to this one, uh, Christine, but who would you vote for? I see her mic is open. Christine? I think she must have fallen asleep. She fell, she fell asleep. <laughs> okay. Uh, myself, yeah, I know Susan. when... Uh, you got Susan yet to get her vote? No, Susan had to go. She's gone. Oh. And actually, we just and actually we just lost uh, Christine. Yeah, but Susan had to go, and she had to give her a goodbye. She was, uh, you know, fading out, and she's got an early and busy day tomorrow. Um, but for myself, I, I know even before the election even began, uh, the person that Newt Gingrich was supporting or touting, I should say. There was no support at the time, but touting at the time and I guess kind of uh, pushing for this guy was Ben Carson. Uh, I've got uh, gotten many of emails, uh, you know, from, you know, I'm on an email list for Gingrich, and, you know, we're getting a lot of emails talking about Ben Carson. And so I would have to say with what I've heard with, uh, with, with Ben Carson, that would be if I had to vote for anyone today, that's who I would vote for. Um, and I would say that uh, because, one, of course, you know, as I said, uh, I mean, if, if Gingrich, uh, you know, was, was even before anyone else was in the 
you know, in the ring, so to speak. Ingrich was uh, talent him. And also, what I've heard, of course, definitely being an outsider, uh, that's definitely a plus for me. Um, Trump, my concern with Trump is that, you know, he says, I mean, last night, and they made me feel just a, a, a modicum better about him saying he would really blast Hillary. But I'm not sure that uh, that he really would uh, blast Hillary as, uh, as, as much. Um, and so, and I think Tarson would definitely be a, a strong contrast uh, to that. But, you know, it depends on what would happen with, uh, you know, as Kelly pointed out, his voting record and things of that nature and who he's been involved with. But, you know, when we're talking about the hypothetical of uh, if they were going to uh, vote today. So I, I would, you know, as I said, uh, be Ben Carson. Um, there was a couple other clips I was hoping to uh, be able to play tonight. Um, I think uh, we won't talk much about it, but since it was on the um, on the debate, I do want to play one. Um, it's it's only about a minute or so. Well, shoot, I don't even know if I'll do that. It's already almost ten so, um But yeah, I just want to go ahead and get some final comments uh, from folks. Uh, and the, the clip I'll be play is when they talked about Donald Trump saying uh, what he said, something about going after uh, the families of ISIS uh, and actually killing those big controversy and saying, you know, about killing the family members of ISIS. Uh, and I, what he was referring to is the, you know, the family members, I think, that knew something was happening. Uh, and he made a good point saying, look, he de- they definitely don't care about our families and maybe they care more about their own, which at this point, I don't even think that's true because think about it. Uh, those the terrorists in California left there. Think about this, folks. Really think about this. Those folks in California, now maybe they thought they were going to be able to get away with it and go home. But those folks in California left their six-month-year-old baby with someone. I think it was their grandparent to go kill these people, they had to know there was at least a chance that they weren't going to come home. Left their six-month-year-old child to do that. I mean, th- th- those kind of people shouldn't be ha- shouldn't have kids in the first place, and, and I'm, not, I'm just going to leave, leave it at that. Is, that's why I think that there can't be a God that knows what he is doing by having people like those folks have children and then there's so many people out there wanting to have children but are having a hard time or can't um but anyway i digress i i, I just can't imagine you know having a little baby like that at home and then thinking oh yeah i'm gonna go kill some people i might not come home you know from doing that but um i know it's 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 bewildering uh to me but anyway i'm not trying to i'm not gonna get philosophical or theolo- theological with anyone uh tonight's too late for that so let's go ahead and get our closing comments uh so let's go ahead and uh we'll go down the line uh, we'll start with uh, you ed and then we'll get closing comments from holly and then we'll get it, uh, the closing comments from you cindy and then kelly and then i'll do my own so let's give each of us about a minute literally uh, because then i have to uh close things out so let's go ahead and get uh, some closing comments from you ed well, may we continue to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, which is the most important thing we can do. 
And let's not forget that those blessed securities were never elected. They were defined, and they were defined through the Bill of Rights, and they're defined through the anti-federalists who gave us the Bill of Rights. So you cannot elect freedom. It is defined, and let's uphold them, defend them, and make sure we stand up for them, especially at our local and state level. And when we understand that liberty is defined and not elected, we won't put so much emphasis on these elections that the mass media wants to try to control you with. I'll leave with those comments. Uh, well said. And then, you know, we will be covering, you know, it is something that uh, folks are paying attention to. We'll be covering the election as uh, a lot uh, in the months to come. Uh, both, of course, the presidential, but we are going to have uh, some local, you know, politicians on as well. And so let's go ahead and bring it over. And speaking of states, that's where I think you know, some of the third parties or alternate parties can uh, come into uh, some influence is, you know, on more local levels. Uh, and so, you know, hopefully we'll get some, some more folks to, on that. But let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Holly. If, uh, any last thoughts for you for tonight? Okay. Um, I lived and worked in, in the area in Southern California in the late 80s, and my children were actually born in San Bernardino, and this is really, you know, hitting home for me, even though I'm living in Oklahoma right now. But... I feel like it was an act of war. I don't give a damn if the man was born in America. He's not an he wasn't he's not an American in my mind. Not an American. Not an American. And I just feel like it was an act of war. And I don't feel like anything's getting done about it. And to me it was oh, this is why I just anyway, God bless God bless America. Pray uh, arm yourselves with 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 your Bibles, your guns. Protect yourselves. We don't have anyone protecting us right now. This is happening. It's not like it's not happening. They're dying in the name of Allah, or murdering in the name of Allah. And I'm I'm just so done. I'm just I'm I'm frustrated. Like I said, I'm pissed earlier and. Anyway, pray for pray for our men and women in uniform who are out there doing what they can in, in protecting us and our freedoms so that we can sleep in, in peace at night. And um and we're gonna have to I think help them on on in our homeland. Uh, I I um you can't deny it when it's happening. It's already, it's already, and I keep hearing people say, well, they're going to be coming here. If we don't fight them over there, they're going to be coming here. Uh, they're already here. They're here. But anyway, and I'll I leave it with that. And I, and, and I do, I do believe Robert, and I believe in God, and I trust in God, and I know in the end we will be victorious. But the thing about believing in God is you also know there's a Satan. There is evil. Call it what it is. We don't have anyone, you know, our leadership is not calling it what it is right now. Okay, that and that's that's my comments and 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 the thing is God God is get, God he he's going to be victorious over all of this. So in the words of Hannity, let not your heart be troubled. But I'm pissed. <laughs> 
So, <laughs> I appreciate it, Ollie. It's good to hear you back on the show. Go ahead, uh, go ahead, send it. Okay, well, I wrote about this on my Facebook page um, back on December 10th. Jeb Bush on December 3rd was interviewed by Brett Baer. And Brett Baer asked him if staying in the race means that the vote is split on the non Trump candidate. Are you okay with Trump being the nominee for your party? Bush's answer to him was, and I'll quote it, Donald Trump will not be the nomination, the nominee of this party. I feel totally confident in the judgment of the voters, primary, Republican primary voters. Okay, now I want you to know there was a little hesitation in between party and I feel totally confident in the judgment of the voters. I I totally believe that that he knows something that nobody else knows. I mean, how in the heck would he know who will or will not be, be the Republican nominee? He stood there with a stone-cold face on, not even wondering about it. And in fact, he said it more than once, okay? Um, the, Trump has double-digit leads. It, 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 for months, he's had double-digit leads in, in different places and in, in the nation in the whole. What does Bush know that we don't know? What scheme have they got uh, that would topple, topple Trump, okay? This strategy, does it have something to do with Cruz? Well, then on the next, then on the very next... Uh, um, let's see, I don't know how many days it was later. Then we find out what Jeb meant. Um, they started talking about a brokered convention. Well, guess what? If wow. We get what, what, if we get a brokered convention the way the elite want to run it, and you know how they ran it last time in 2012. You know how they ran that convention like with an right. iron fist. So, it, you know, you right. don't and know. Yeah, and I hate to catch a short because we only literally have a few minutes left, right. Cindy, because that could bring us into a whole a whole new hour, uh, and maybe yeah. that'll be part of what we talk about next week because um, we are going to be talking more about the elections, more about current events. So, folks, uh, join us for next Wednesday. Uh, for that, it is going to be the Wednesday before Christmas. Uh, so we'll, but we still will be on because uh, I don't think Christmas Eve is the next day. Uh, so we will be. So let's go ahead and uh, bring it over to you, Kelly, for your final thoughts. And yeah, it'd be uh, ironic if they try to get a broker convention this year when uh, it would have behooved uh, the country if they would have uh, been so open to it, but, uh, a broker convention in 2012. Go ahead, Kelly. In literally one minute, because I'm going to have to close things out because we're about to get shut off. I'm very happy with the American people because there's good candidates coming, some asterisks by others, but Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, Ben Carson, Donald Trump, um, what's his name? Another one, but he's way down low. There are some really good ones. I mean, we're seeing a political shift. It's really exciting. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. And we'll continue on, and we will see. And then, of course, uh, join us next week uh, for more of Bard's Logic Political Talk. And definitely uh, check us out. And if you have an email list, as I was talking to folks tonight, uh, go ahead and share the link uh, with those on your email list. So they can listen to the show. 
And, uh, of course, like what they hear and join us as well, because as we mentioned in uh, many of our shows uh, uh, last week included, uh, that we definitely need to work together. Uh, we're probably going to get shut off soon, shut off soon. So I'm going to end the night as I do every night, and that is with uh, at least a little bit of a song you'll hear from Aubrey Ashburn, and you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. So take care, folks. Uh, thanks for the great show, and we'll see you next time. Good night. Good night. Good night, Robert. Thanks for everything. Good night. You're welcome. Good night.